0: Tune in to the Neil Prendiville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red
1: FM. Reminded in the papers this morning of what we can expect in the weeks and months ahead, like the front of this morning's mail that says that families can face huge fuel and energy price hikes in the next budget. Sad to be starting a program like this. You can see the cost of petrol, diesel, natural gas, coal, stamp duty, PRSI, all going up. It's all bad news, unfortunately. I mean, don't even talk about petrol with the increase in petrol already from something in the region of 112 to like 160. So more and more to come. VRT is going to go up by a grand for cars that aren't kind to the environment. And very interestingly and unfairly, I think, for pensioners, is a front page of the morning's Independent that says there'll be uh, um, an increase, all right, uh, for people on social welfare in next month's budget, but there'll be no increase in the state pension. It had been mooted or, th- or thought or talked about that there might be a €5 euro increase in the state pension That's been ruled out now. Um, Very unfortunate for pensioners. I don't know why pensioners aren't treated the same as anybody. On, uh, and I'm not, I'm not equating it with with welfare in any way, shape, or form, but that one isn't linked to the other, that if one gets one, the other would. But uh, pensioners sometimes uh, get a raw deal, and it seems like a raw deal to me. Office workers returning to their desks um, with the easing of restrictions from Monday. So, many or those who wish to, or whatever new fluid arrangement. That's been rubber-stamped, and off you go, back to the office on Monday. And also, interestingly, with all of the changes... See the mirror this morning saying that children who are close contacts of confirmed cases won't have to stay out of school from the end of this month. Uh, and they won't be recommending, Nefert either, the wearing of face masks for primary school students either. So as we move ever closer uh, to uh, the back end of October, October 22nd, Ireland will take another step for Monday and 35 days now to complete and utter freedom as the star puts it this morning, as more green lights are coming on than red lights. Lots of gigs, uh, lots of activity in in that regard, like the Echo Island, and that's lovely to see. Not all of it great news, but it's even good to be talking about it at the same time. Uh, Well done to Aiken Promotions for hanging in there and promising yet more Live at the Marquise to come. Mind you, the delayed Christy Moore gig has seen ticket prices for a sellout gig that where the tickets were 50 euro, they're now on sale online for up to 350 euro. And Aiken are very annoyed about that. They want legislation banning the resale of tickets like that at vast sums of the face value, So that's the echo story today uh, and I like this one from the star that says Garth Brooks who is coming to Ireland. Uh, they're suggesting in the mail this or the, the star this morning that Garth Brooks could actually play at least two nights at Borky Queeve. The American singer confirming that uh, he's returning to Ireland soon and I don't see why not. I mean the guy could sell 15 or 20 concerts a lot of people would go to more than one of his gigs. Go to a couple at least. Uh, Porky Quiver disappointed with regards to planning permission that they were looking for. I'm wondering, uh, has the Marina Park finished yet? Has it opened? I imagine it must be very close. Very, very close, I think. And Elton John's gigs. It's all gigs this morning. Elton John's gigs that uh, are penciled in for uh, Cork next year and indeed Dublin and many other places like that. He's He's put off his farewell tour dates for a year now after surgery uh, he's waiting surgery following a fall so he has to, he's damaged his hip apparently so the scheduled performances in cities including cork and dublin apparently um have been have been delayed or, or rescheduled it seems and that's the story that makes the the mail today and the everyman is opening uh, after 500 and... 47 days, and I'd say they were counting every single one of them. Won't be at full capacity, but 60%, but they're getting there slowly but surely, and Rembrandt has arrived at the Everyman. Sorry, my apologies. At the uh, Crawford Art Gallery. It's a lovely story on the front page of this morning's Examiner. Numerous Rembrandt etchings. The America's Cup been, we dealt with this on the air yesterday morning. It's a story in the Examiner. They've been thrown a lifeline where the organizers have extended the deadline. So that could well hope Ireland, uh, with uh, hope this country, uh, or indeed Catherine Martin and those that make the call on it, to get their act together and make a decision and see the bigger picture. And the Echo today talks and shows photographs of work that has now started and commenced. The reconstruction of the new runway at Cork Airport, it's all dug up and there's all sorts of construction equipment in there and lorries and diggers and trucks and what have you and the work is underway as they're stripping the old runway, stripping off the uh, the surface. The examiner this morning also says that more than four in ten Irish millennials and Generation Zers uh, feel stressed all or most of the time. And the reasons that they're stressed is apparently family welfare, finances, their job prospects as being the main drivers. And none of this has been helped, of course, by a global pandemic. I mean, it's amazing. I can remember when secondary and primary schools had like 30 to 35 and way, way back in the day, 40 and 40 plus students in the classrooms. But we're deemed to be um, the country with the European Union's biggest class class sizes, according to the Mirror today. Uh, And they say that it's a national embarrassment. Uh, They have found that there's on average 24 primary school kids in Irish primary schools, four more than the European average, which is apparently 20. I know, I mean, it would be good to get it lower and lower and then you could get more hands-on and more exclusive teaching of each child. But God Almighty, not too long ago, it was 30, 35 and 40. So 24 is where it stands out. Um, and Michael D. Higgins has broken his silence as to why he won't go to an event north of the border which would mark the centenary of the partition of Ireland and the formation of Northern Ireland. He gives a very lengthy interview in the Irish Times this morning, but one, one paragraph says, it's a quote from Michael D. Higgins, he says, what started out as an invitation to a religious service has in fact become a political statement. He says, I was also referred to um, in the invite as the President of the Republic of Ireland. I am in fact the President of Ireland. So I think we would all say south of the border. Fair play to them on that one. And they are trialing or they're doing pilots now involving adult football matches where there'll be no heading of the ball. It's going to involve an awful lot of clubs in the UK apparently. And they're going to see, I don't know, I mean, they're going to see if the game can be played without heading, I suppose. Problem being that defenders and sometimes strikers as well heading the ball. Um, risk a five-fold increase in developing dementia compared to the general public from heading a football. And also the papers today say if you like a bit of uh, rumpy-pumpy, there is another survey out this morning telling us the types of food that put us in the mood. Apparently T-bone steak is your number one. Bit of steak and they think T-bone is probably the best way to go. Followed by chocolate, oysters, curry, lobster, roast dinner, Oh, that's a lot of eating and a roast dinner. I know would you would be, would that put you in the mood or dim or quash the mood? Pizza, pasta, McDonald's, and a fry up. I mean, look at that top 10. There's something in there for everybody.
0: This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106. Red
1: FM. Michelle, good morning.
2: Good morning.
1: Thanks so How much for getting in touch. Listen, you would have probably heard that I had been somebody had mentioned you on the air last week that you were protesting outside your home in Carrigaline. So thank you so much for getting in touch. Uh, yeah. Can um, you can you tell us why you're protesting outside the house that you inherited from your mum? Yeah.
2: So um, just myself and my sisters have been just dealing with this problematic tenant um, I suppose that we inherited from our when my mother passed away last year yeah. um, the tenant is there a while but we were unsure of what really was happening whilst my mother was alive um, and only in the last year have realised that there is no rent going into any account or anything.
1: So you then, when your mother sadly passed away, I knew your mother actually, she's a beautiful lady. When she passed away, you got access to her bank accounts and saw that the rent wasn't being paid a lot of the time while she was alive.
2: Yeah, it was a little bit sporadic. um, And I just have to be kind of mindful of of what I say. But um, since we've taken over... Um, as acting landlords, I suppose we have never received any rent from this tenant and how long is um, that going on? about eighteen months
1: and have you been trying and contacting the tenant and sending emails letters uh, phone calls absolutely. yeah
2: yeah we've gone through all the process so um we've been in contact with the rtB board finding out what we what are the steps what we're supposed to do and initially the intention was that I would move into this property yeah um my mom worked really hard her entire life to try and provide something for her children um and like there's still a mortgage left on this house it's not it's not like it's just sitting there free and there's still a mortgage owed on it oh my god
1: that makes it so much Um, worse because that has to be paid as well with no rent coming in yeah did you get any did you get any feedback from the tenant as to why she wasn't paying or couldn't pay or was finding it Um, difficult to pay
2: she just doesn't really answer traffic, and it, it becomes a bit kind of argumentative and yeah. aggressive. And then,
1: is there, a, is there any is, is there any hap coming in there or rent allowance or anything? No,
2: and, and that's the the biggest thing. So we initially assumed that there was some hap payments going in when my mother was alive, and then we discovered that there's not. We have asked the tenant to set up hap payments or rent allowance or something so that there'd be some. Something to come in to pay for her staying there, but she refuses. So I don't know why that is, which makes it very
1: isn't that unusual. unbelievable. So you have the mortgage to pay on one hand; you're losing thousands and thousands of euro a year on the other. And God only one knows what. Have you had access to the house? What kind of condition is it in? I wonder.
2: Only from the outside, and like it, it is becoming quite dilapidated. And like a house can very quickly go downhill, as everybody probably knows. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. it's just sad to watch as well you know like and but, like the biggest thing as well for me is I've tried I suppose the reason I started protesting is because I have tried so hard over the last year to get some help from somebody what have you tried to so, do what have you done I've been in contact with the guards with local TDs solic- numerous solicitors um, the RTP board obviously the social welfare HAC housing departments You name it. I have been in contact, sending emails, ringing, trying to get information. What's going on? How can I? What can I do? Somebody, can somebody help me? Like in this situation, because I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. And most of the answers I get, is I wouldn't want to be in your situation.
1: Really? Even from solicitors?
2: Yeah, you have such a long
1: road ahead to go, and there's not a whole lot you can do. But surely, Um, be to God, somebody—surely somebody has experience in getting out squatters.
2: Yeah, but the scary thing is, like, if you were to take matters into your own hands, which I'm not recommending anybody to do, which I no. won't be doing, but yeah, like,
1: be sued. Yeah,
2: then they can uh, sue you for money. So, like, even though the person mightn't be paying rent, they can then sue you for two years' rent. If you kick them out, so the RTB,
1: yeah, the RTB is the route you're going, which is the Residential Tenancy Board, where you get a hearing, isn't it? You go and state your case, and the tenant. A lot of the time, the tenants don't show up, incidentally, so don't be surprised if she doesn't.
2: Uh, Yeah, and because of COVID, everything has just been so much slower. Um, Now it's probably a very slow process anyway, but this it's just months and months and months and months. So I do have a hearing date coming up soon, thankfully, which we only just found out. Um, But then after that hearing is done, I've been told I could be waiting at least a year or so for a court hearing. So in the meantime... I'm being told there's still nothing you can do. Like you can't, like the tenant can still stay there and still not pay any rent. I
1: know,
2: I know. And I, like, I know. what, what am I supposed to do with that?
1: I know, I know. Listen, I've been there. You, you will find that the RTB will probably rule in your favour and will give uh, a termination notice to the tenant. Are you expecting the tenant to ignore that then?
2: Possibly. Um, like the tenant has ignored every other notice they've given, so. I just don't know, like, it's hard to say what's going to happen, but it's just when when you're being told by sisters, oh, you still have a really long road ahead of you, and, you know, there's, it's like there's no light at the end of the tunnel, and in the meantime, I'm supposed to pay a mortgage with somebody living in the house for free, or just, you know, most of it is just about the, the heartache, it's not even about the money, I know. like, I know. we're grieving our mother, and we've only like we've just been dealing with this the whole way through. There's been no consideration for what's been no going peace. on. No peace,
1: yeah, no peace, yeah. No good night's sleep. All worry. No,
2: no God, endless sleepless nights. And all we want, we, I don't care about the money at all. I just want her to go. I just want the tenant to go, to leave.
1: Do you hey, want to sell? Alone. Do you want to rent? Do you want to live in it? What's your proposal? I want to
2: live in it, you see. I want that, like... I did live in it previously and I want to move back there as my home.
1: And you can't with my own child. Yeah, even like, if you, yeah, if you, uh, yes with your with your with your mother's grandson. Uh if if you had wanted to sell it of course you would probably find that difficult with the tenant inside of it, you know.
2: Yeah, that's the other thing if we did want to sell it, I think we'd still have to wait till she was gone because I mean you can't view it or anything or. And without giving she too, too much information the access to the house as uh, well, like I can't get into assess what's going on inside there so have, have you I knocked even at, know.
1: have you knocked at the door
2: I have um, just because sometimes I have to double check is this still somebody even there or you know like when you don't get responses on the phone or whatever so I have tried knocking on the door and it's just not worth anything but the they're definitely drawn and there's but, nobody answering ever
1: but there's definitely somebody in there is there there's definitely somebody in there yeah is there many people in there
2: I can't say for sure how many.
1: So you couldn't, you couldn't, like just keep an eye on it, and when they go out someday, change the locks, no.
2: But then that—that's apparently where they can take you to court. Oh, for
1: God's sake, that's insane.
2: Yeah, that's insane. Damned if I do, and damned if I don't.
1: And the protest—is that attracting much attention? It's
2: amazing actually the amount of people that came up to me um, with similar stories and just with loads of sympathy for the situation and how bad they feel for me if it's gotten, and my sisters, if it's gotten to this point where I'm standing at the side of the road with a banner saying, like, the tenant refuses to leave. I just, like, you're definitely at the end of the rope if you're standing at the side of a road, you know? Like, yeah. I just don't know what to do anymore.
1: Well it's an and all admirable I want
2: is for it, the person to leave of course, I don't, of I don't want any dealings
1: anymore no you don't want any grief. you just want your house back and just to draw a line under it and move on. I think it's a very yeah. admirable thing you're doing, and do you do it every day or at the weekends or how often?
2: I just did it for a couple of days um at the weekend, I have to work full time as well um and uh, when I got my hearing date for um, the RTB I said I'll wait now and see how this goes and if nothing comes of that I'll I'll do it again.
1: Isn't it terrible how people know the system and it's loaded in their favour and they know how to play it?
2: Yeah and that's kind of what I wanted to highlight that it seems to be so one sided like yes there are some terrible landlords out there I have absolutely no doubt but there are some terrible tenants as well and nobody seems to speak about that side of it and I kind of feel like it's like daylight robbery, but it's allowed, you know, like the, somebody can just not pay rent and it's OK. But and, and the person who owns the property still has to pay the mortgage. Well, oh,
1: listen, not paying,
2: I no, not,
1: not paying rent is indefensible if you don't come up with a reasonable excuse or try and renegotiate the rent. I mean, this is just scutting, This is just digging in, knowing that, to be honest with you, she's got a little more time there yet to come, you know.
2: Yeah, and I I just want to maybe encourage a bit of speed on like the person moving out, and or maybe just I don't know if anyone can shed more advice or help in any way, or I I just don't know.
3: Well, I
1: just you I've come
2: to kind of try I've tried every avenue, you know. Yeah, and just
1: yeah. I think your I, I think your eggs are in the RTB basket, to be honest with you. But you'd never know who might be listening, who's been something similar to this. I mean, I have, and it was went through and the tenants wouldn't yeah. turn up and then there'd be another hearing and then they were given notice to go and you know what you'll get there in the end but it might be a little longer but who knows somebody might be listening who's got a better idea
2: yeah yeah i know i know i still have a bit to go but i just i just kind of wanted to highlight how unfair it feels and even the, with the, the hat situation like why can't i set up the hat if the tenants won't you know, oh, no. I don't understand why it can't be worked the other way. It's sold as not
1: they They're from they're from out overseas. Would they even understand that there's hap? Do they speak English? You don't know?
2: Um Oh yeah, yeah, the person is yeah, yeah, there's no um No language, language. problems. So No no no.
1: And they'd know that you um, can get HAP and rent allowance and things.
2: Oh, I would imagine. So, yes, they're just refusing to.
1: Just couldn't be bothered. Okay. Well, listen, you never knew who might be listening, but it'd be great if you stayed in touch and let us know if there are any updates, you know?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd love to, yeah.
1: Okay, Okay. Michelle.
2: (laughs) Thanks very much.
1: Thanks for taking the call. Best of luck.
2: Thank you. Thanks.
1: Best of luck is right. Anybody been in a situation like that? I see one or two texts already. Somebody there saying had the same situation, the same issue for 18 months with the tenant. Eventually got him out through solicitors, but it took 18 months to do it. Text 0868104106. Free Food Friday today, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. So, one winner. Wins the whole kit and caboodle. And all you got to do is text us who you are and where you are. Whether you're working from home or back in the office or working with your colleagues and mates, text 868 106 Tell us who you are and where you are. We're talking about pizza, six large pizzas, garlic bread, potatoes, drinks, dips and desserts. It'll serve 15 of you. So a lot of pizza going around on the sides as well. So text O eight six eight one oh four one oh six who you are and where you are. And we'll start doing those shout outs in about twenty minutes time. Back after the break, calls on the way. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851 04106. Red FM. All right, Pamela standing by, so is Sean. First up Fiona. Fiona, good morning.
4: Good morning. So How it's are a you? tough
1: situation Michelle finds herself in, isn't it? Protesting outside her own property for rent.
4: Yeah, my heart went out to her. I was just listening there as I'm in work and my heart went out to her and I had to text in um, because I had a very similar situation myself. And,
1: and that's fair enough to talk about, but I don't want anything that might identify the ex-tenant, all right?
4: Absolutely. Okay,
1: absolutely. go ahead
3: then. Yeah,
4: I, I, I just felt my, I felt so sorry for her because I went through a very similar situation which only ended recently. So I'm out the other end of it now. So there is light at the other end of the tunnel. So I What happened? Was it, it that the rent just stopped, is it? The the rent stopped. There was this excuse, that that excuse. There was always an excuse, making guilty that can't meet the rent for X, Y, or Z. I think latched onto COVID and out of work in circumstances that I knew wasn't true. Hmm. Um, and then COVID... Um, and with the government changing eviction of tenancies, um, really, really put it on the long finger for myself, That's in my own right. situation. Yeah, there was a long period um, where tenants so couldn't be en- served notice. Yeah, yeah, I had engaged with solicitors, and unfortunately, the government kept changing um, and extending the rules in my circumstance. So even though I had served his notice and his eviction, his termination notice for his tenancy, the oh. government reached out to what it and lengthen it. Lengthen- And I just think I'm listening to her and she's so right that you hear on the radio week in, week out about how landlords are putting up the rent and how tenants this and that, but nobody highlights for the landlord that we have tenants that are sitting there and they're literally taking us for thousands and have no... Second thought about it, and my heart just went out. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously rents are going up. We have to acknowledge that. You can't deny that. But at the same time, there are always difficult tenants. Did you go through the PRTB? Were you registered with them? Were you? Did you get a hearing and I registered things
4: like that? With them, but it was all through my solicitor. My solicitor was amazing. Um, only for her I would have never seen the end of it and we would have never had him out so okay. she was amazing she she dealt with the RTB for me she she spoke for me through everything and she was she was a gem she was a diamond and was there a
1: hearing where they adjudicated on the case
4: it, we were trying we were trying we were trying but they, they can't Put a date for a hearing unless they can get in t- in contact with the tenant. And you have and to file
1: they, notice. You have to file papers with the tenant. That, that's yes, the way, yeah. But yeah.
4: but but my tenant was not responding to phone gotcha. calls, emails, or was not acknowledging posts that was received. So in that case, he was in mid air. Okay, so okay. the RTB couldn't even issue a date for a hearing. So. It was just left in midair. Yeah, so. there
1: are cracks in the system for that to be allowed to happen, aren't there?
4: Yeah, like there's loads of protection for tenants, but there's no protection for landlords. And so, even when the landlord does get a tenant out, and Michelle finished there by saying how she doesn't care about the money. She just wants the tenant out, and I was exactly the same way once the tenant gets out. But there's still no call back for the landlord that is left thousands and thousands of rent. Oh, you're in not going to get that back. Did you, rent.
1: did you ever estimate how much in rent?
4: Oh, you're talking six, seven
1: thousand. Thousand.
4: Plus the damage to the property, it cost me over six thousand to restore the property to get it into a rentable What
1: condition. was wrong with it when you went in?
4: Oh, washing machine gone, fridge gone, floorboards gone, bed gone, uh, toilet gone, toilet broken, trashed, absolutely trashed.
1: When you say um, gone about all those items, gone from the building or broken?
4: Broken, washing machine door smashed, uh, fridge totally broken, no no function whatsoever. Mould coming out of the fridge to meet me. You'd open the door of the apartment. You would have thought that there would have been a dead body in it with the smell that was coming oh, who out. Who could it live,
1: live you. in those conditions? Bags
4: and bags of rubbish. Maggots. Um, filth. Pure filth. So my heart goes out to her. And I just want to tell her to keep going. But ha- with it. My advice would be to engage with them um, one and stick with the one, not because I heard she said several solicitors, not to be chopping and changing, and just go the whole way with the solicitor. Well, maybe legally, you might
1: talk my to her advice. and perhaps uh, give her your solicitor if you are very successful yeah. in the end. And tell me, how did the get? How did you get the tenant out?
4: Um, they're serving notice after notice after notice, and he had to go when the final notice, with following all COVID. Lines and timeframes adhered to and he had to go and he wasn't in the property and I had sources for that and so I had locks changed.
5: Go away, you changed locks.
4: Even though like wardrobes were still full of God knows what so like I had skips of stuff taken out of the apartment. So
1: ultimately what you did Um, was you changed the locks?
4: Changed the locks but after... And um, all of my notice to the tenant had been fulfilled. Had so run out. Date yeah. By which, so on, on that day, I think there was no tenant um, in the property. I had heard the tenant was elsewhere. And um, so I immediately contacted the locks company and had locks changed and my solicitor had filed me. That was perfectly okay to do so because we had followed and given all the, the notice.
1: Well, Michelle is keen to talk to people, so it would be great for you to hook up with her if you don't mind. You've got some spare time to take a call from her later, perhaps. Yes, yeah, no problem. Okay, thanks, Fiona. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much. Cheers. Okay. Sean, good morning. Hi, good morning, Neil. So, you wonder, maybe, maybe it's kind of half what you're saying. She changed the locks after the notice termination period uh, ran out. You're saying turn off the electricity?
6: Well, she's getting, she's getting no rent income uh, on, the, on, the, on the house for the last 18 months. Um, she's got property tax to pay. She's got other bills to pay.
1: Um, she has a mortgage on the property.
6: She's got a mortgage on the property, and um, she's got repayments on the mortgage. She's got no income. There's been nothing coming in for the last eighteen months. You could understand somebody for one month, two months having problems or whatever, but like no, no correspondence, no, no replies to the to the to the message that's being sent to the to the tenant. Like, uh, would she not be entitled to get the electricity or the gas or something just? Not if it. there's
1: not if there's not if there's no eviction notice yeah. <coughs> in place where the days are 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 winding yeah. down. No, she probably would find she'd be sued. You see, on the yeah. way the way it is, I think with the RTB and with the system as it operates here is is that the tenant has an awful lot of rights and rightly so. You don't exactly. want families turfed out on the side of the street, yes, yes, but yes, the process yes. takes so long that it could roll on for two years without you ever having to pay rent, and when you go. You're not really obliged to pay the back rent. Yeah,
6: yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? You know, to think that there's somebody in your house and uh, they're just living in your, in, your, in your property and not paying a penny. You know,
1: it's, 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 it's very maddening, isn't it? Lots of stress, lots of anxiety. Lots of yeah. You know,
6: she's paying property tax in that house and she's paying back uh, mortgage and zero coming in.
1: I would say that if the eviction notice period ran out, she could change the locks, turn off the electricity, do whatever. Probably yes, 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 but she has to she has to wait for that. Tough one, isn't it? Tough one, Nelia. Yeah. Cheers, Sean. Take care yourself. Much obliged. You Thanks so much. We do have successes from time to time. Well, a lot of the time on this program, and I have to say, delighted to hear that Pamela got some good news. You know, we talk from time to time about passports and the whole fiasco with regards to people trying to get passports, and they're up against the clock. Hello. Pamela, good morning.
7: Morning, Neil. How are you? Was
1: that a hooray I heard there from a baby?
7: back watching Coke, I'm in and yeah. <laughs> All right,
1: okay. So let's recap first. You had the bags packed, waiting on the passport. Wasn't it for your daughter?
7: Yeah, it was for Holly's first time after since, yeah. So it actually, it was to come yesterday. It ended up in Charlotte in the wrong mailing centre. Then it ended up in Port Lee this morning at three o'clock. <laughs> then it was back in Little Island this morning. So, in fairness, my uh, post lady was lovely. She made sure I had it this morning. free
1: When are you travelling?
7: So, we'll be on the road in the morning at nine o'clock.
1: Where are you going?
7: Uh, we're going from Shannon to Salud.
1: Isn't it fantastic that you didn't cancel anything?
7: Oh, I'm absolutely sure that we didn't cancel anything. And I, I thank so much for contacting contact on my behalf. And plus the key I rang them. Personally, thanked thank them as well myself just to say, you know, we're probably we going to be in process without your help.
1: Well, so I think... I'm, I think I'm
7: absolutely delighted.
1: I think all those little things probably do help, you know?
7: They definitely do. So... Yeah, because th- about two weeks ago, they basically told me, like, you probably won't be going but never gave me definitive answer to say yes or no.
1: Was it Was it, Was it? it you or somebody else who was given a date this, this week about sometime in November, no?
7: Yeah, that was me. So oh, my, for God's Initially, say. it was uh, meant to be 17th of July, but then when I had to reply the, the form, it was pushed
1: out to the 1st of November. Salute so awaits with no stress, no more anxiety, no, and no more worry. No,
7: no, absolutely true.
1: So, this is your after-maternity holiday? Yes,
7: yeah, yeah. So... Basically, I was, uh, Holly was born in April and I went back to work in May. So I'm absolutely delighted to get away for a lovely
1: break. Oh, fantastic. Listen, it's great. Thanks for coming back. Cause it's always great to hear when there are successes. I'm delighted for you. In the you old time days, time I'd time ask time. you to send a postcard from Salou, but who does that anymore?
8: <laughs> <laughs> no problem at all. Thanks all right. so much.
1: Take care. Enjoy it. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye, bye, bye. By email, I heard the Airbnb lady in Coachford representing the German UCC students and their issue with 2,300 euro that they gave to a landlord um, and couldn't get into the property. Yes, that is the case. and, And they're struggling to get their money back. I'm also an Airbnb host in Cork City, and I had a guest stay with me from the 1st to the 8th of September uh, 2021 she stayed with me until she found a house or a flat to share she was lucky to find a place within a week she'd be looking up on daft before arriving in ireland but like the germans found it hard to find a place yet she was almost scammed out of money for a place that she had not seen before arriving in Ireland from Portugal. She advised me that she just had a gut feeling not to go through with it. And one of her new co-workers advised her about Airbnb to possibly use it for about a week until she found a place. The scammer wanted the rent before her arrival and only sent on two very bad photographs. Thankfully, she used her gut to not take up the place I would advise her also of PPS scams going around and make sure you're not scammed out of this as well, says Una. Well, you are so right. Um, you know, many people do book and send deposits overseas before they ever arrive in Ireland. And unfortunately, that can lead to drama and tears. Um, you're referring actually in your email to Toby who came over with uh, his partner yesterday. I spoke to Mary, who wanted to highlight that situation involving the students. We're out of pocket now, €2,300. Unfortunately, uh, since then, we've worked out that the woman who uh, owes him the money uh, has come to our attention on a number of occasions in the past, once in 2017 and once in 2019. But more on that a little later. Toby joins me by phone. Toby, good morning. Good morning, Neil. N- nice. Uh, thank you for having me. Not at all, my friend. We feel awful for you. Just, just recap again. You were overseas in Germany and you sent the money right. in two or three different amounts, was it? Right. Uh, so we had
9: two bank accounts um, from her and we were supposed to send €1,000 Euro to one bank account and €800 Euro to another uh, bank account. And then one month later, we were supposed to send another rent, another additional 800 euros. And we did that because we wanted to secure the room, you know, like we were in a desperate situation and we just wanted that room for our studies here at UCC. A one bed what? Um so we uh wanted to secure the one one the, the the room in the shared apartment you know, like she um offered us a room in that uh, shared apart- apartment down in lower glenmire road and um we were actually pretty happy to have that room because it's so hard to find anything here, especially if you're not in Ireland if you're in Germany and if you have to look for something um from overseas, you know. And um, well, then when we were in France, actually um, on our way to Ireland, she told us that there was COVID in the um, apartment and that we won't be able uh, to move in our room. So um, we were kind of like really upset and booked in with Mary. Um, And then after a while, it unfolded that this whole situation is probably a scam and And that we got scammed. Yeah. So what was the total amount of money? So the total amount was actually um, two thousand four hundred euros.
1: Four hundred, okay. And yes, four hundred. And mostly. and what? Like, what was the monthly rent? The monthly rent was eight hundred euro. And is that just for one room in a shared apartment with other people? Right, right. Does that not strike you as an awful lot of money for a bedroom?
9: Uh, actually, like we looked up a lot of rooms uh, on Daft on Facebook and anything, and they were all around the same amount of money. I mean, some of them were way cheaper, some of them were more expensive. But, you know, we were just happy to have something, you know. Um, and this lady appeared to be really nice and she uh, appeared to be really helpful to us. But at the end, it turned out that it was just a scam. I okay. mean, we know that we were a little bit naive to uh, pay that much amount of money to her. But...
1: And it was 2400 because you also had to reserve the room for August, even though you weren't going to be using it, is it? Right, that's right. So she okay. told us to pay 800 euros upfront
9: that we can reserve the
1: room. And, and tell me, when, when she rang you and said about COVID in the apartment uh, and said mm-hmm. you couldn't move in, was, mm-hmm. was she saying you can't move in ever or you have to wait a week or, or, or two weeks or, or what? Um
9: She said to us that it's going to probably take uh, two weeks for us to move in, but she can't tell for sure, so she said it's going to take probably is going to take three, four, five, or six weeks, so she doesn't know and um she put a lot of on uh, of pressure on us to find new accommodation with her help because she said it's going to be really expensive otherwise if we are staying in airbnb or in a
1: hotel or and did she at that point then offer? to get you other accommodation that you would have to pay more for?
9: Yes, she did. She uh, sent us um, other houses. Um, I can't really remember the name, where they were at. And um, then after a while, I called her and I asked her again about the whole situation in Lower Glenmire Road. And um, at that situation, we already talked with Mary, and we were kind of like sure this that this is going to be a scam, you know, because she wasn't even interested in meeting us in person. And um, then after a while, I text her that I don't want to, I want my money back, you know, because I didn't receive anything from her. And then she refused to do so. Um, What did she say? Like, she said that I'm not in the position to make any, like, Rules or whatever, I'm, I'm not finding the right word here, but she said I'm not in a position to, like, um, want the money back, you know.
1: As and, in you're not you in know. any position to make demands, is it? Right, right. Do you have sorry, those sorry, texts? Um,
9: actually, that was a phone call, so I'm afraid not. But um, when I asked her, when I texted her that I want the money back, then she said to me, okay, bye, I'm not dealing with you anymore.
1: You and know? do you have that text?
9: I have that text, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you can't move in because of this alleged COVID outbreak in a room in an apartment, which is not your fault and has nothing to do with you. You entered into a contract by sending the money and everything, uh, and she is now refusing to give you back the money. Right, right. And says she is not dealing with you anymore. When, When she offered to find you other accommodation, did she look for more money? Yes, she did.
9: So she wanted an additional 300 euros um, for her service to find new accommodation. Okay, okay. But we didn't send that to her.
1: Yeah. Um, We did speak with her yesterday. Do you know her name? Yes, I know her name. Is it Helen Ruan? It is. okay. It is. OK. Because uh, in the recent past, uh, in 2017 and 2019, I had other conversations with people on air who also had given money for properties and, and what have you in Cork and it didn't work out. I mean, in some cases it did work out, but what they moved into was far from ideal. So, uh, mind you, she has threatened legal action if we say anything about her on the air uh, and even we did speak to her yesterday. She said the money was being processed, uh, and that uh, that you would get your refund back, but you wouldn't give us a timeline. Um, quite annoyed with this, actually. That we be even calling her on your behalf, but but that's okay because you you do need to get your money back, don't you? Yeah,
9: and and we we want to thank you very much, and we want to thank uh, your team, and especially Mary who helped us quite a lot. Without her, we wouldn't even be here anymore now. And does
1: Mary have know. the, Mary who has the Airbnb, does she still have right. the text that uh, Helen Ruan sent to her? Uh,
9: yes, she has that text, yes.
1: Yeah, because that part of that text says that she has done, that Helen says that she has done nothing wrong and she will pr- prove right. it in a court of law. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um. I, I I don't know what to tell you, pal, Um, except that we need to hold her to the fact that she said to us yesterday that the money was being processed and you would get your refund back. Mind you, as I say, she wouldn't give us a timeline as to when she would give you the money back. But that's what she said to us. And I'm going to hold her to that, you know. I hope so. I hope that it's true.
9: And you know what? I just want to make sure that everyone who is listening right now is really caref- careful with that, especially foreign exchange students and so on, because it's so easy to fall for that, especially right now where there's almost no room available or anything.
1: There, there may legitimately, though, because we don't know, there may legitimately have been COVID in the apartment block. You know, in, in you need to be able to prove that in a court of law. But if there right. were... You should get a refund, probably not for August in her defense because, y- you know, you had blocked off the apartment for August, but certainly for right. not the for the period where you couldn't get in. Right, especially
9: uh, that deposit, you know, like I think that's the least that I should get back.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's unfortunate for me to be talking about this because we had other situations involving uh, properties and rentals with Helen over the past year. Uh, uh, four or five years, maybe a little longer. And it's sad to hear of another one.
9: Yes, uh, well, I'm still we are so glad that we are having you and that all of, of you, like especially Mary, is helping us out that uh, much.
1: How does it make you feel about coming to Cork? Um, you know,
9: that's what I told uh, my girlfriend yesterday. Everyone we met so far was so nice to us and was so helpful. And um, we have so far except of that thing with our apartment, with our room, a really good time and we are enjoying UCC. So um, I think we're going to be grand in the next couple of weeks.
1: If the refund doesn't come back, um, uh, I have been dealing with a particular law firm on the South Mall regarding this issue and issues like it in the recent past. And I would like to put you in touch with that law firm who are very much aware of your stories like yours um, and mm-hmm. they would be, I think they would be very interested, they've done this in the past, they would be very interested in taking this up on your behalf. Now, what kind of success they would have, I don't know. But with regards to this type of story, um, I, I I can't say much now on the air at this stage. Uh, but I did speak to this law firm about this situation in the past. Uh, they did mm-hmm. some work on it back in the day. And I think they'd be happy maybe to uh, revisit this again, you know. So... Uh, Hang in there if you don't get the money back. Now, just before I let you go, Ham, have you managed to get accommodation?
9: Yes, actually, after um, Mary went on air yesterday, um, a lady called um, us and she offered us some accommodation here in Cork and we were at a house yesterday and it looks absolutely lovely and um, we really uh, are going... um, we're really excited to move in uh, in the next couple of days oh
1: fantastic that's a lady called Brenda who called the show yesterday after- and met you um and it 's lovely right, and right. you and you 're going you 've taken her up, up on the offer have you right right okay. yeah okay listen toby i 'm terribly sorry on behalf of carconians that this happened to you. I really and truly am accept all of our apologies Um, I hope you get your money back. Um, I will keep a very close eye on it as I say, uh, and that law firm that I think would be interested in it on the South Mile also. Um, and do stay in touch, all right? Alright, we will. Thank you very much, Neil. Okay, lovely chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you, Toby. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye. There you have it, lads. Text 0868104106. So you have to be very, very careful. I know it's difficult for people overseas. God knows it is. They see ads overseas. They send the money thinking everything's hunky-dory. See the photographs and the locations and everything. And when they come over here, of course, it all ends in tears some of the time. Uh, text 0868104106. Back after the break.
0: The Neil Prenderville Show. On Twitter at Neil Red FM.
1: Yes, indeed. And we'll give you some details exactly with regards to Culture Night a little later on this morning. It actually starts at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So it's an earlier start than just the night. So more on that. Also in studio a little later, John Spallan and Conal Creighton. John Spallan's got a brand new album, single, video, and a whole tour organized. I want to hear more about that? And also Conal Creighton in studio also because all those years ago, he uh, published his first book, Pancho and Lefty, right out. And he's updated it and re released it again. Pancho and Lefty ride again and he's added to it so we'll have some chats and a bit of crack and a couple of tunes with them after 11 o'clock this morning it's a free food Friday so text who you are and where you are to 106 6 large pizzas all of the sides and loads of them so make sure you're in the mix text who you are and where you are 0868104106 I'm
2: Lano O'Connor Red FM News is first for local national and international news and you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking Clicking on redfm.ie.
0: Get it off your chest. Call Neil <laughs> Brinderville now. 1850-104-106. Red
1: FM. Courtesy of ourselves and uh, Oak Far Pizza. So one winner, serving up to 15 of you with six large pizzas, garlic bread, potatoes, drinks, dips, uh, desserts, everything that go with it. And then you can uh, have it delivered to you from Clonakilty, Bandon, Princess Street, Gillaby Street, or Douglas Village. So, let's do some shout-outs. Morning to everybody at Crowley Engineering, Tige Hawes Motor Parts in Toker, Amari, Ireland, on the Tremor Road, are listening, DWG on the Tremor Road are listening, Level 1 at the Victoria Hospital, Healy's Bread Distribution in Mayfield Business Park, Little Learners Childcare. Care, Pennies on Patrick Street, all of the staff at Toker Garda Station, they've had a bitty, busy week for freshers, they say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cahalan Builders and Don Manway everybody working hard in Flex on Dublin Hill to all at Paddy Murray auctioneers in Bandon who are listening to the staff at Insight Insurance at the airport business bar morning to Norma and all of the gang she started the job two weeks ago and back in the office full time and would, would love to win pizza for her new colleagues to all at the Sunflower Clinic on the Tremore Road, busy week setting up their new clinic, always great to hear of new businesses starting up the maintenance department at the Bonds Cork Distribution in Little Island everybody at Sheila's Hostel on Wellington Road would love some pizza. They had a very busy summer at the hostel. Rebecca is working from home. Uh, who else have I got for you? Liam Langford in Cove, working on a very hard for Unpost. Joe Payton is at Sodesco Sodexo in, Ring, in Pfizer in Ring of Skiddy. Himself and his buddies love some pizza for lunch and so would Lisa, who's frontline in a children's residential care in Glenmire. She says, myself, the staff, the team, the kids would love a feel-good Friday with pizza um, and would be great if you thought of us. So there's some of the shout-outs for you. Keep them coming. Text 86 and we'll do some more shout-outs in about half an hour's time. Ed Sheeran now. All I've been doing this morning is calling gig after gig after gig. Well, Ed Sheeran has now announced Irish dates and it includes Cork, Limerick as well, and indeed Belfast, but he has penciled in Cork, Porky for the 28th of April uh, next year. So if you'd like to hear an Ed Sheeran song, text 86 So, great news. There's a whole... European, Scandinavian tour, apparently. But Cork, 28th of April of next year. Pencil it in. Uh, Tickets go on sale. Um, General sale commences the 25th, which is Saturday week. Um, And I think you probably need to go to Ed Sheeran's website for further details on that. Anyway, back to the phone lines we go. Tony, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Uh, First of all, may I say, well done on that segment on that poor guy who
10: was getting scammed, or maybe not getting scammed. But I would, I would hope that you know people with that track record. That well,
1: squad, l- listen, listen. Let's let's see what happens in that regard, and we yeah, can come back yeah. to it. We can come back no. to it at that point.
10: Excellent. Now, what are, my phone call is about, um, Michael, or president, Michael D Higgins' decision not to attend this um, centenary one hundred cent- centenary of the division of our country. Yeah. And this morning, I actually made two phone calls, one to the president's press office, giving him, sending him my congratulations and my 100 percent backing. And I also made a phone call to um, Simon Courtney's press office to saying that I hope that our minister of foreign affairs is going to um, back the president publicly Um. I think it's a disgrace that more people are not talking about it. ah, uh, It's on the
1: front of the Irish Times this morning. People are talking about it, it and, and is, so, it is, so is the, the president.
10: I think people should be, should be vocal about it, like myself, and making noise and saying that they're backing the president by whatever means
1: possible. Here's a couple of paragraphs from an interview that he gave to the Irish Times. He said, "I'm not snubbing anyone and I'm not part of anyone's boycott of any other event in Northern Ireland." He said, "What started as a religious service has become a political statement. I was referred to as the president of the Republic of Ireland. I am the president of Ireland," he said. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what the people are making it a political a
10: political thing and I think it's That's the that. DUP. Yes, of course. Should that should that, uh, that would be typical of of the DUP uh, that, that are that are a dying race. Anyway, thanks be to thanks be to God that they in in the future they will not be um, a political force. Well,
1: not a dying race, surely be to God. Well, you mean a d- political sorry,
10: party, but they're not a political force. Uh, All right, you okay. know, with okay. their with their stirring of you, d- you don't think the president the
1: refusing to go north of the border for the one hundredth anniversary of the segregation of the island. You don't think that that's a step backwards, no? Absolutely not, Neil. I mean,
10: you know, this, the segregation of Ireland 100 years ago has caused so much strife. It's Ireland. It's our country. Um, how, how could any politician celebrate the partition of their country? Absolutely crazy. And people should get on the phones and ring Arseneuk Theron, ring anybody, the politicians where they know, and give the president... They're backing.
1: Okay, I wonder if anybody thinks that he should go. I'd like to hear from them. Text 0868104106. As as minister for foreign affairs, is there a chance that Simon Coveney would go? But he, but no, no Irish politician. No, but there's a chance that celebrate. he would be invited as the minister for foreign affairs, isn't
10: he? He, he, he may, he may, And if sorry, I mean Simon is a good cockman, and you know, and a good Irishman, and and no politician, Neil. In fairness, no politician should celebrate the partition of Ireland, or any politician of their country.
1: Okay, well, you might be interested in this paragraph from the Irish Times. The Minister for Foreign Affairs, Simon Coveney, is due to attend an event marking the centenary of the creation of Northern Ireland later today. Shame on him.
10: Later shame on today. on is what I say. Sure, I haven't seen that, I haven't picked that up on any, on any news feed, but I think shame on him. A celebration, a celebration of the partition of a country.
1: I'm I didn't not, say celebrate. Now I said an event marking.
10: It, 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 uh, you could be marking it. You could be doing anything with it. But you're celebrating it. They are celebrating. They're marking it. They're celebrating the partition. Like to some it, extent, it, you it, it's can trace another, it. Like it's another word. It's, a, it's another word for celebration. It's another word for for partition in. In all country.
1: Okay, so what what is it marking, actually? It's marking 1921, okay? Uh, Michael yeah. Collins going to uh, Downing Street to sign um, the partition of Ireland and the six counties. Um, him coming back then, uh, that leading to the Irish Civil War, uh, and indeed uh, his own assassination at bailen na Bló. And Absolutely. Th- from that day, I know there were quiet periods and, and everything, and it, it all kicked off then back in the in the sixties. Again, there has been nothing but sadness and death and bombings and uh, hatred uh, yeah, in the north. I, 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 not I much to celebrate. You,
10: I, I told, yeah, there's not not a lot to celebrate. There's not a lot to celebrate, and you know it's been it's been. Sir, I mean, do people realize you and I are an age that we grew up with. 1969, the troubles in the north, as they called them, and you know, and I, as well as I do, that we were all we were all uh, back in the in the in the eighties fighting for apartheid in South Africa. We were. Yeah. We had apartheid in Northern Ireland. The Irish Irish people who who associated themselves would would be Irish. They might have been uh, living in Northern Ireland, and it was sectarianism. Uh, against religion that they couldn't get a job they couldn't have housing they couldn't have proper education
1: you know that was segregation
10: and that was that was not done by all 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 politicians all government at the time Um, that was was wrong wrong. on
1: both sides I mean there was you know you can't forget the IRA nor the uh, IVF or the UVF sorry uh, yeah, yeah. But, you know,
10: it, it, and, and, I'm, and I'm not defending the IRA and I wouldn't, I was source myself with the IRA. But eventually it had to come to this conflict because when you're dealing with, with the British government, as you know, because you're good in history and it's a hobby of mine, that every agreement the British ever made in their empire, they broke.
1: Well, a couple of texts here. For you before I let you go, no way should our president attend celebrating the part the partition of our country. Are you for real? Even suggesting it? I wasn't suggesting it. I was just reporting on it. And a second right. one here: President Higgins should attend the Northern Ireland ceremony. It's pretty bad form that he declined it. He is the president and should get on with and do his duty.
10: Yeah, it's not. It's not his duty to. It's not his duty to okay. represent the people of the south the, Repu- the, the Irish Republic it's not his duty to celebrate the partition of our
1: country. ok my man thank you you're nailing your colours to the mask and, and I appreciate that thanks Tony good morning, Finbar good morning
3: good morning Neil do you have any thoughts on this uh, look I leave it to the president he's a very well educated man he has thought this over and he decided not to go I say leave it with him do mind listen and um, Simon Coveney going somewhere today Win the Simon Cole ever do anything right? anyway? well, he
1: has done things right. Do I mean give him his due? Ah, for
3: God's sake, the last, he's he, the last four or five things he's done in the last ten years. Uh, each one of them should be sacked. My point today, yeah, is, but it
1: must be. W- would he not be embarrassed up there today? Uh,
3: look, it's 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 what they believe, and you're talking about Jeff Donaldson, the leader the DUP. That party is doing, and he will grasp on anything to 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 anything to look good up in the north. And I say, you know what I mean. the more you talk about it, the more he... He, he was on television and radio, as well. he to, to said, like, he felt hurt about it and all that nonsense. Their party is a fascist anyway. I'm just so, wondering you know, how... He was a leader there, though, and he had him for three or four weeks. Ah, yeah, I mean,
1: you that's I mean? the history lesson, OK. OK, no, I, just, I was just curious as to whether Simon Coveney had thought it through in his mind first before he would go up to mark anything... Any yeah. anniversary of the division of our country, <laughs> one would have thought it would be the last thing you'd do.
3: Look, you don't know what his idea is, because he's um, he's just not doing things right in his mind anyway. But my point today was: is, is this fascicle opera that was played over on Wednesday above and Darle and
1: That's all over now. They Should you know, they defeated the no-confidence motion. We're told been to been move been
3: on. saved Michael Martin's job for the general election because... If he sacked Simon Coveney, shit, uh, we're going to pull over our government. So at, at least make sure well, he believed he couldn't vote for, for, for uh, Simon Coveney. No, it was against Michael Martin. Anyway, I believe that he was voting against. No, he's gone from the party, but he's not gone. He will be back again <laughs> because he's a backbone, finna farm and I belong to him.
1: Here's a text on that, actually. Fair play to Sherry. the other night. He's the only one of them with a backbone to call the circus that is Fianna Fáil out. Plenty of the yeah, others were grumbling it. on, but when the crunch came, they chickened out. Michael Martin is the worst ever leader of not only Fianna Fáil, but the country in general. Leo the Leek is a disgrace of a politician, and I'm so surprised at Simon Coveney. Such under- underhand scheming politics, cronyism. I yeah, see Master uh, McGrath is keeping his mouth shut, says Tony.
3: Lily back the back but they had to back him because the latest, the newest TD. What did she do when she got in? She went to a bloody party, but Joe one And the Marion, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. right tell John. you, if that was 12 months ago, they'd all of been sacked. It happened only 12 months ago, and there was a, a minister, a senator, and the commissioner had to leave office because of, they go, were going to a bloody the golf gate at time. Yeah. So like. They, Michael Martin, actually, he's, he's a bit confused at the moment what he's doing, but he's afraid to leave part. He's afraid because he, he'll he be the worst. He is actually acting as the worst uh, shirt we ever had. Uh, and
1: what should he do differently?
3: He didn't give any body in himself. You know? I mean, he, he couldn't defend it the other day, so he attacked Sinn Féin. But Sinn Féin had to go, so say, look... What that man did was wrong. I don't care what crony is in, is okay. in, in their party. And do you... What he did was wrong. Do
1: you believe that both Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael know that it's only a question of time that there will be a general election and that Sinn Féin
3: will wipe the boards? I, funny enough, in my own... my own finding, what I'm thinking of, I don't ever see Sinn Féin in power. Wow. They're, they're at the maximum, no, I think, maximum. They could have had a second seat here in the North central... I could have, but we all make mistake. Every party make a mistake, they do
1: like
3: All right, okay. They could have two seats through, but they made a mistake of putting three people in. That was their mistake. So,
1: okay, just but just finally, you don't think if they throw a lot more TD, or a lot more uh, candidates, that they get a lot more seats, no?
3: I don't think so. I, okay. do, I really don't believe. I think they're, they're actually a good opposition, but oppositions don't make great TDs, uh, government ministers, as you will know, and I will know. Okay. Once they put their backside into a Do They become a different animal altogether. Okay,
1: happy to chat with you, but I need to get a lot more calls on the FM bar. Back after the break, text 0868-104-106.
3: Call the
0: Neil
1: Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. And text 0868-104-106 and many people are, with regards to trying to get a dentist or dentists refusing to take medical cards, I had to ring around to find a dentist taking new patients on the medical card. I found one who laughed and said, I bet they all said no. Till I said, yes, my dentist is so nice and so very good. So some dentists obviously know that others aren't interested. No service for medical card holders. Just another example of how our government continues to run down our health service. Morning, I recently attended a dentist. On approaching the premises, I held the door open and let a woman go in ahead of me. There was no thank you. She then went on to produce a medical card while I had to pay my own hard-earned cash. The same woman was driving a brand new Range Rover. (laughs) I happen to know she's also getting a council house. These generational scroungers complain about everything whilst never doing a day's work in their life. You never seem to call out this carry on. I I mean, if that's 100% accurate and truthful. I mean, it is just absolutely heartbreaking. You can't defend that. If you're telling me that all of those aspects of that tra- of that text are 100% accurate, then I would be calling out that carry on and have done in the past. If you're telling me it's accurate. My daughter's 10 years old, but because of covid she was not called in second class to see the dentist. She's now in fourth class and won't be called until sixth. Mother of God. I made an appointment to see a private dentist because she needs to get fissure seals, which are normally done when they're around seven. I paid my 45 euro for the first appointment, where they checked to see if they could do it because she's 10 now, but her teeth were clean enough to do them. Uh, So we got another appointment for a month later. I paid 100 euro for the four of them. So 145 euro for something she should have got for free if she was called to the clinic from school. How many more children won't or can't afford to go private? And when they eventually get seen in sixth class, will have even more problems because they didn't get their fissure seals on time. Somebody else is thinking that it's 80 euro for a filling extraction for a private patient, and it's a disgrace. Surely PRSI should cover it. Isn't there, isn't there, do, is PRSI just for a clean then, I wonder? And then somebody sent me all of the different prices on, on, on dentists and different costs within dentists. And I will come back to that. But on Monday, we started the week highlighting awful carry on, carry on around the college road. We'd seen videos and played some of the audio of it, like at least 300 drunk students causing mayhem. It was like three o'clock in the morning up on the College Road, Uh, and it was very, very frustrating, and it really is frustrating for the residents in the different areas for a long, 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 long time. I wanted to finish the week by updating to see what the rest of Freshers' Week was like, to be fair and honest to all parties. Anthony, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? How would you sum up the week, then, all of the nights that just went following Monday into Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and last night, for instance? Well, I would have to say the guardy
11: are knocked an awful lot, and there's there are people say that they're not doing their job, they're not patrolling, they're not doing anything. I rang the guardy on Monday, and um, the superintendent John Deep John Deasy was off duty at the time, but. The garda that, that I spoke to, she said, "I'll get him to ring you back," and he rang me back, and Fair he said, I "We're don't. going to put out extra patrols," and they did. And things have quietened down.
1: What are patrols? Are these just uh, guardy walking the streets, or are they are there squad yeah. cars or what? Both. Yeah, they have done a fantastic
11: job, and I think they deserve praise because they're criticised enough.
1: And did that keep the students off? Yeah, and we've done that. Well done. Did that keep the students off the streets then and out of the estates? Yes, yes, right. And the the rain helped as well. The rain helped too. And so, where did they go? Was it indoor parties, house parties?
11: Yeah, but there wasn't the the nuisance like the nonsense on the street. Like because it was it was really getting bad. Like Sunday night, we know was the worst, and then Monday. Knocking over the bins, ripping off wing mirrors off the of cars, ripping off wipers off the of cars. It was just completely getting out of hand.
1: All across like Monday. Before. Yeah, yeah. Were there queues we, at off-licences and pubs around Bandon Road, Barrack Street again, or what? Sorry? Were there queues, you know, around the Bandon Road pubs and the off-licences and down along Barrack Street and places? Oh, no, I didn't spot them, no. Okay, no. Okay. Amazing, isn't
11: it? Yeah, I think they've finally gotten the message. And they know because, as I said before, we had a stabbing in Bandon Road. That poor young fella, that was just an innocent bystander. And we had a stabbing a couple of months ago as well, up at the top of... Highfield West at the junction there with Oregon's Road. Yes, I have to tell you. We had a car bottled in the face a couple of weeks ago. I know, you told us that on Monday, yeah. yeah. It was only a matter of time before there would be a massive tragedy.
1: Now, I have to tell you that the President of UCC also sent an electronic mail to all students. He said, ''We are collectively writing to ask for your cooperation in protecting and caring for each other and our community.'' You've endured so much recently. We understand these challenges that you faced. He says, many of you acted to protect our community. We thank you for your efforts. Unfortunately, some are not, and we are concerned. We urge students to adhere to national health guidelines, act responsibly, have respect and consideration to members of the community, at what remains an anxious time. UCC and MTU are working together with the Gardaí and local authorities. Our strength comes from the local community. We must support it. Please do not do not take actions now that will impact your future. And that's in bold letters, right? Which Which could imply, mm-hmm. please do not take actions now that will impact your future, where you could get suspended, kicked out of college, or get a criminal conviction, maybe, you know. Um, so well, maybe that made a that. difference, you know? Yeah, I think that's what needs to happen.
11: And you see the guards; their hands are tied. Went out They're a bit late, though. Told that they can't arrest them. Yeah, or they can't find them. Well, I think know?
1: I think the guards did make a difference because this email didn't go out till four o'clock yesterday afternoon. So, it's the kind of thing and that should have they did
11: make a big difference. And I have to have, totally acknowledge Superintendent John J. C. He was absolutely fantastic and got back to me when well, he was working. I'm and delighted. he rang me, and I thought. This is fantastic. We're being productive now. We're and doing things. And
1: Catherine Clancy can say about getting cameras and this, that and the other, but that doesn't make any difference. What you really you want know. is peace and quiet, not the need for cameras or monitoring. Okay. So a couple yeah. a, a few nice, nice, peaceful sleeps then. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right.
11: Yes, thankfully. And Neil, could I just say as well about the president? I think just he's, briefly, he's, he's yeah, hypocrite. Yeah. Who's that ever walked the face of the earth.
1: Uh, be kind now, be kind, be kind.
11: Oh, no, I won't be. No, because I never liked him anyway. I think he's just a champagne socialist. And he wouldn't go and attend this event, but he could go for a banquet with the Queen. Uh,
1: I mean, if she, she was in the country it? as a head of state... On the island of Ireland in the Republic, I think he should probably meet the Queen, you know. We're not mortal enemies as such, you know.
11: Yeah, and I mean, it should be acknowledged. And he should, he's the president for all of Ireland, like he said. But I just think it's totally
1: hypocrisy if he can go to a banquet with the Queen. No, I'm telling you the difference there. She's here as a head of state. You're asking him to go north at the border to commemorate, some are saying But he celebrate. went over
11: to England and had a banquet in Windsor Castle as well, with the Queen.
1: Okay. Well, I well, that? He, well, even if that was wrong, I'll take your word on it, forgive me, but even if that was wrong, don't you think that it would be very wrong to go to anything that would commemorate the starting of an Irish civil war, where families went against families and the country was divided in two? And has been since? But I mean, we should be united. I mean, you just have to...
11: If you don't reach out and just put the, the pass... But well,
1: people path. don't want to reach out. They want them to get out.
11: But you're never going to change that unless you're going to give, Not- give a little, you know? They mightn't be prepared to give in the North. And I know there's some strong, very strong unionists and whatever and the DUP, but... I think if we don't reach out and try to reunite as a country, nothing is ever going to change. And there's always going to be this bitterness and this hatred,
1: which is absolutely horrible. And uh, there's no need for I think it. It's, I think someone would call it but uh, it's just an example of engaging in a bit of self-respect, you know. Listen, you're entitled to your opinion. Let's see what others think of it. All right.
11: Yeah, and I just I don't know, and I don't know as well why they dug up Baby John. I, you know him yourself. I worked in Carcassonne for a couple of years.
1: They wanted to get they updated. Up. They wanted to get uh, without upsetting anybody this morning. They wanted to get more DNA from his bones because DNA technology has. Uh gone ahead leaps and bounds with regards to bones. But what's the point in that, Neil, if there's nothing to compare it to? Oh, they took samples from loads and loads of people down through the years. Loads of people. Many, many people in Car I think
11: everybody knows, you know, everybody up there knows. And when I lived up there, if you even raised the subject, they'd just look at you as if, oh,
1: why are you bringing this up? I agree with you you 100% there. I got the same reaction any time. His ah, that was a long was time ago. We, numerous we... times as well. What? His
11: tombstone was smashed numerous times as well.
1: Yeah, well, I know, I know.
11: Yeah. You know, there? so somebody up there knows. Definitely. I think that somebody knows. Everybody, if not everybody knows, but somebody knows.
1: Well, you know what rumour is like in gossip. But anyway, have a great weekend, Anthony. Thanks for taking the call. Appreciate it. That's, he's referring to the Kerry Baby Baby John.
0: Text the Neil
1: Prendiville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Busy morning. Incidentally, I was trying to find Cork's cheapest pint and we were talking about stout. And so far from what I can see, Horgan's Bar on Blarney Street, 3 euro 90. For the best pint of Guinness on the north side, €3.90. Mother of God, it's nearly a euro cheaper than many people would be paying for it. So can anybody beat that? If it's true, and who am I to doubt it, take a bow, Horgan's bar, Blarney Street, €3.90. For a pint of Guinness. I'm assuming that they also sell Murphy and Beamish, and the Murphy and the Beamish is also €3.90 There's lots on that and loads on uh, waiting staff and tips and rude customers and stuff like that and I'll come back to it all throughout the course of the morning Keep your Free Food Friday text coming and we'll do some more shout outs in about 10 minutes time Noel, good morning Good
8: morning, Neil, how are
1: you? Uh, well, we had to hear what Anthony had to say on the matter of the week being quiet in the middle of Freshers Week but what are your what are your own thoughts?
8: Quiet. No? no, I'm living on Glashine Road, obviously, so I'm only up the road from Flannery. And uh, last night, there was a big commotion again on the road, which is every night, need to be quite honest with you. Um, but last night, um, I obviously went out to move the car, because obviously the mirrors, you know, yeah. you know yourself now have been kicked off a couple of times. So Have
1: you had mirrors kicked off?
8: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's such a pointless act, one, you know, it's just... Several
8: times, yeah.
1: God so I
8: generally, I don't leave it out anymore, you know what I mean? I normally just take, because there's hundreds of them coming up the road from Flannery's now. But last night, they actually stopped um, a young fellow on Gashing Road. In the middle of the road, went out in front of the car and stopped him and were, was banging his bonnet. And then they went to walk away, one student, but then he picked up a large cone and threw it on top of a man's car. He wouldn't let him away anyway, no, uh, Neil. He got out of the car and pinned him and... Literally followed him all the way up to the top of that, you know, what? I was still by my gate. And then the guards came eventually, and I presume sorted out. I like, Oh, in it, he yeah.
1: called the guards and then followed them so oh, he'd he still did. have them. Yeah,
8: and he, oh, yeah, yeah, he wouldn't let it go. He didn't let it go, no. But did the armed response came, they were like, Christ, I don't know. Anyway, they went up the road after them, and um, at that stage, and I came in, you know, though my neighbour had said, my neighbour had seen it and said that the uncle actually threw the, you know, the big cone up and of his car as he was sitting in it. But then he left the car in with the engine on and the lights on, and he was at the top, like, gone w- out of sight.
1: Yeah, but so he just he wasn't was going to let it go. Yeah, I mean, in fairness he went, to him, he, he you he know, wasn't I know... It go, yeah, no. Yeah, I know yeah. he probably blocked a bit of traffic and what have you, but he couldn't just let that utterly yeah. stupid act just go unpunished, you know?
8: No, he didn't. He held him all the way up, like, you know, so he was kind of, you know taken back but to be fair I know, but there was a couple of, now there wasn't many but about 10 minutes after that then I'd say after the guards came there was about another 40 of them came out so I was saying it was probably lucky because you know you're not going to one fella isn't going to stand against 40 you know that kind of way but,
1: and where I were they coming from were forever. they all coming from the pub is it and going back to houses
8: yeah yeah. yeah from Fannery's yeah
1: and was that all week or it's just gone. are you just describing last night
8: all week that's all week oh, every night nice. I hear them
1: Yeah, yeah.
8: every night I hear them yeah
1: so when Anthony no, says it was quiet, it may have been quiet where he was. Is it?
8: Yeah. So I, but generally, like you know, they don't. It's, they're just shouting and roaring. You know yourself. You know, there's just a lot of them there, and that's why it's noisy. And then they kind of move on. But you just don't leave anything on the road. Like the bins are kicked. You know that stupid stuff. Like you know,
1: they run over the tops of cars that's and they all. kick off the wing mirrors. Yeah. I mean that's not, yeah,
8: all that stuff. Yeah.
1: I mean yeah. that's that's vandalism. Like you know, that's you know that's expensive don't care. to repair.
8: So there's a lot of them there so they just you know what I mean they don't care sounds as if you're used to it. it I'm used to it it's gone on the air sure you know I've had a couple of incidents like you know we've caught a couple of them so just did, just
1: you, ever the that, did like you ever catch anyone that did you ever catch anyone that kicked off a wing mirror
8: um, no I, Dave, he was at one night he was taken off the the right on the car and we caught him
1: and did you just hunt him is it Funted, I might say. <laughs> Not hunted, funted. Okay, good for you. Funted. A good font up the backside. Go yeah. for it. Alright, yeah. Noel. listen, thanks yeah. a lot. Cheers. Do stay in touch. No worries, Let don't me no, no. No Let, no. 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 Let me know how it is over the weekend. Let me know how it is I'm over the course. weekend. I mean, Text I'm 0868 right. 104 106. Meanwhile, you know, we move onwards and closer and closer to October 22nd. And again, I thought it might be an interesting time to go out and see how you guys, you know, from the streets of Cork felt about the lifting of more and more restrictions and also is endeavouring to find out you know, what about the life that you led that you want parts of it maybe to leave behind, what about your pre-COVID life that you don't want back so you'll hear some of that but you'll also hear some people talking about things that they they'd be very happy to say goodbye to from COVID in itself, so with the reopening of the economy expected to be fully complete by budget day, October 22nd a Friday and we have some more easings, we had some at the start of September and we'll have some more again on on Monday and what have you so Seamus Whelan took to the streets of Yesterday.
0: You say goodbye, and I say
10: hello. I'll I mean, that's all I can say.
2: <laughs> it's Nice to be able to get a drink in yeah. a bar without
12: sitting out in the rain and be able to sit in a bar and just feel the atmosphere
4: of the bar again. Well, not being stuck in anyway. It's great to get out and about. Yes, you know. Now, I'm working in residential care, so there was no change for me. Work-wise, anyway. Yeah, you're essential worker. Yes. No, just holidays. It'd be nice to get back in a plane again, I suppose, next year. No. Yeah, definitely yeah.
12: next year for a holiday. Yeah. for sure. That's yeah. It really. Yeah. I had to cancel <laughs> twice, so yeah, definitely
11: next year.
5: Masks. <laughs> masks. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> no.
11: Yeah. I don't know. I think the masks are a grand <laughs> job. Oh, gosh, I'm
7: um, I think just being on your own. Like being able to like actually meet up with people now is nice. Yeah. And you're not stuck within your 5K and stuff. It's nice to get out and about. Yeah.
13: Now, you were
14: saying that masks are a grand job. Is there a reason? They're I don't safer,
7: know. Yeah. Course. I like wearing them, and it like I haven't it. been sick like with a flu in two years. So yeah. they
15: definitely are working. So. It's not that you can make faces to the one across. Well, the yeah. Years, right? And that is it. Well.
7: <laughs> 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 That's definitely handy, but you know, each their own, I suppose.
15: Yeah. I, there was no cover for me because I just didn't uh, try any of it, you know, so you know I didn't, I didn't have a problem with masks and all that sort of stuff. Somebody won't let me in, I just don't go in, but I won't go back to those sort of shops then, you know? uh, because like the, air, the whole thing is gonna have to drag on far too long, and I don't believe they're really going in anyway because they still have the powers, the emergency powers. And they can just, um, Donnelly can just shut down the whole country anytime they want. So. What well, are you looking forward to leaving behind you in the COVID time? The COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I got it
6: twice. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Came back at me twice, yeah. That's Thank got i right now. Hopefully we'll never see it again.
13: So you had a
2: hard time with the A bit of a hard time, a bit of a hard time.
13: And was it once after the other you got it?
2: there? Yeah, or? a
11: couple of weeks after the first time. Yeah.
13: And how are you now? French I'm a friend. You
11: going
2: to <laughs> have
13: the long COVID or anything?
11: Ah, uh, yeah, a little bit, a uh, tiredness of times, to know, the rest, you know, the
2: walking around. But the afternoon, you know, I get a bit tired. Yeah. A lot of people out there, I, I find it. Well, I'm just glad to be out and about in Cork City, in my native city, and enjoying the fresh air. Can't get fresher than there now with the uh, the robot trees. Exactly, we're in the right spot. There's a nice buzz road, isn't there? There is, yeah, there is. But especially with the uh, the eating out now and things like that, like it's uh, like it's like um, it's a like a totally different city. Like like a, like a city when you go abroad and things like this, you see the, the eating out now and things like that, like which is. That's
13: a positive, so from oh, it is, oh. that you would
2: like to be kept here? Oh yeah, most definitely, yeah, 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 most definitely. And you won't be bothered about the rain or anything, no? About the rain? Yeah. Well we can't do nothing about that I'm afraid. I <laughs> you're eating outside? Ah well uh, that's what they have the umbrellas for I suppose like. And I suppose they're big trucks as well you can sit in between them? Exactly that's it that's it. Commuting and traffic in Cork
6: is, is actually quite really bad and um, I say almost uh, 50 minutes each way each morning if I say working from home. And do you find that you're working more from working from home than you were going in those day the office? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I do. But you know what? There is days where I do spend late evenings in the office. So if I do have to work overtime or to work uh, later than I have to, I'd rather do it from home than work late in the office.
4: Um, I was originally working in Dublin, so I got to move back to Cork. So it's been a kind of a good thing for me.
15: So I can't really complain. I don't know why you say goodbye
1: say hello. Ah, good stuff as we move ever so slowly forward, as the villa says. A lot of texts and emails, some programs during the week that featured uh, you know, staff shortages, hospitality, tipping, rude customers, and what have you. Mike says, we're well, listening to a show re- recently relating to the staff shortages and hospitality. This is becoming a problem in many sectors. I'm in the security area, and it's been hammered at present, either obtaining staff or keeping staff. The option of recruiting staff from overseas and from other areas has completely dried up, but COVID and the lack of housing is making things Things worse, failed government policy by Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael to address housing inadequacies over the past 30 years are now proving their failures. Yes, and the more employment that we encourage, particularly in, say, places like Cork, the more the challenge of housing and the housing crisis will present itself. Just regarding waiting staff, my niece is a waitress, but no way would we ever be rude. We always leave a tip and always leave a tip at weddings for waiters and waitresses that look after our big table. I just hate rudeness. Morning, I was in Killarney a few weeks ago. I can't exactly remember the name of the restaurant, but when I was paying with my card, I had to select an option of what percentage of a tip I would like to leave, whether it was 5%, 10%, 15% or 20%. First of all, I think it's my own business if I leave one or not. And the hostess, or whatever she's called, shouldn't be asking me to select how much I would like to leave. Uh, Yeah, you kind of feel pressurized, don't you? Anyway, secondly, if I'm leaving a tip, I should also be able to choose how much I'd like to leave and not have it set or a set amount laid out for me. What if I couldn't afford a tip and the woman is standing there staring at me to see how much I'll leave them? Plus, how do I even know the restaurant isn't pocketing the money for themselves? And causing that for staff who never get any of the money in the first place, perhaps can come on air, but it really peed me off. I think there is a button, isn't there that you can tap to say no tip at all. I mean, I suppose you might need to be a very brave person to tick the, or to to t- tap that button, but I think it is there. you know you can have a preference to tip or not to tip, or maybe there wasn't in your case, maybe you just got four options uh fifth, ten, fifteen. Uh, 5, 10, 15 or 20 Anyway keep those texts coming Text 0868104106 More free, free food Fridays in a few minutes time But I'm mad keen to talk to to James, James Casey Who got a right push uh, during Covid To do something that he'd always wanted to do James good morning
15: Hi Neil how are you
1: And you have Casey's bar in Clon isn't it That's correct But of course so, there wasn't much happening in the last year and a half As the fellow says No um, But it wasn't all bad So we
15: um, signed the contract for a new premises. We were renting all along here in Clannock So, and a new premises actually came up for sale on the main street, which was a bigger premises and a better location.
1: And was this way before COVID kicked in or when? It was, it was. So we actually signed the
15: contract for the new premises the week before the pubs closed. Oh but it wasn't all bad it wasn't all bad so we took the time that we had work closed to do up the place to renovate it to get up the standards for the fire officers for the HSE and all that kind of stuff as well uh,
1: uh, and have you moved in now and opened and started
3: have up the are, business? Yeah.
1: yeah
15: we're all opened running and we actually have live music back again which is
1: what pub do you have now James? is it Casey's you moved into?
15: Yeah, so we actually bought the name with us. So it's Casey's Bar and Restaurant, it's called.
1: Have you any gigs coming up? Because I know De Baris have... I was looking at the De Baris website. they got a whole string of gigs announced. Are you the same? They, they do, fair play to them, yeah. Uh, we have music now every Monday, Friday
15: and Saturday night. Okay. And we have actually Derek Buck tonight. And he'd be kind of better known from his days in Crystal Swing.
1: Gotcha, yeah, yeah,
15: yeah, yeah. yeah. So you okay, are like coming that's... back to some bit normal.
1: Delighted. But... And I'm glad now that it didn't deter you, COVID, and that you didn't have sleepless nights having signed a contract and headed into COVID. So fair play to you. You're you stuck with it. But You're a native of Kishkame, though, aren't you? That's correct. Okay. I and did your family have a bad fire? They did. So
15: back in 2000, my home house actually got burnt to the ground. Were you in it at the time? We were. We got out. The fire alarm is actually what saved us. That it woke us was in the middle of the night four o'clock in the morning to the fire alarm that woke us and we got out in time. What had happened? Do you know? Did they forensically... Exa- was it destroyed? It was, yeah. We had got it and um started from scratch. And did they ever find out what started it? A chimney fire. So it was an old, old, old house. And what actually happened was there was an old bedroom, a bedroom that wasn't being used and the fireplace was blocked up but a chimney fire happened in the middle of the night without we really knowing and it actually came down into that bedroom and, and stacked it in that bedroom
1: and do you recall it I think you were about what 13 at the
15: time I was yeah um, yeah I, I still remember it did you have Sorry, to come down really. through
1: smoke did you have to come down down through flames uh, not so much flames but she was
15: heavily smoked alright um, but we got out in time rang the fire brigade and fire brigade came, two fire brigades actually came, once in Mill Street and once in Kentuck. And they couldn't have done more for us.
1: Thank God you had a fire, a smoke alarm. And it was that visit from the Kentuck and Mill Street fire brigade um, that planted a seed in your head, was it? That you wanted to, was. maybe at some stage in your life, join the fire service, is it? That's exactly Well, there was two incidents.
15: So that incident happened and we moved in with my grandmother, just over the road, a small bit. And that was all grand, and she used to have big fires on to keep us all warm during the winter, and we actually had another chimney fire there, oh, which God. the
1: fire brigade had to come out to us again. Catch your, I, I Listen, I'm the one to talk. Get your get your chimneys cleaned. I know, yeah. So
15: um, the, the fire brigade was more than helpful in both instances. They couldn't have done more for us, um, and one fellow in particular actually took me around the house, showed me what they were doing, took me up into the attic to show what damage was done and what they did, took me around the fire truck, showed me all the different equipment and everything that had to be done. And ever since that time, I just wanted to join the fire brigade. Okay.
1: And so, many years later, did a position come up in the fire brigade in Klan, was it? That's correct. What did you do about that?
15: So, I was kind of in a position... To go for it, we had a bar, which was only a couple of doors down from the fire station. So something I always wanted to do, and I just applied for it. I said I'd give it a go and hope for the best. And I was very, very lucky. I got a very good position in Planet Hempty Fire Station, which the crew is excellent.
1: Yeah, but you trained, obviously, didn't you? Did that
15: take oh, yeah. long? long? Um, well, training is always ongoing. There's always refreshers. There's always different kind of training. And... Um, I was very lucky I got the majority
1: of my training done during COVID Fantastic and are you a full crew member now or are you a probation or a trainee or what? No, a full crew member And have you been on call outs in emergencies? Yeah so I'm on call now just
15: uh, over a year or so. and do you love it? Absolutely love it I think it was the best thing that I ever did Out of all the things I did uh, joining the fire brigade was definitely one of the best things I've ever done so even if just to help people, it's just
1: rewarding. You know? I know, but you have to be psychologically prepared for a job like that. Does that come as part of the training? You're dealing with fires, you're dealing with death, you're dealing with road traffic accidents, awful stuff.
15: Yeah, um, it, it, a lot of training is provided for it. But uh, I don't know, the crew, your crew is very, very good as well. Like you just arrive onto an accident or a house fire or whatever. You just get to work. Everyone is trained the same. Everyone has the same routine just get the job done, and then we just kind of get on with it afterwards.
1: So, and all of this was from, you know, planted in the head and the heart of a 13-year-old boy whose house burnt down, and then went to his granny, and there was another fire where a member of the fire crew showed you around afterwards when it was safe, brought you to the yep. truck, and, and, and the rest is history. The
15: rest is history. Um, tw- Exactly 20 years later then. I became a fireman by And do
1: they, do your buddies know that story?
15: Uh, they do, they do. Uh, I kind of, yeah, they do. I would have told them when I did join the first. Okay, and do you juggle with the pub now or what? Yeah, so it's a retained service, so we're on call 24-7. And anytime there's a call, we just out the door and down to the station as fast as we can. But I'm very lucky, we have very, very good staff. So um, the staff are very independent. I can uh, I can trust him with the premises.
1: How does that work though for somebody who's on twenty four hour calls? Surely not. You could never go away for a weekend, or you probably could never even have a pint, could you? So I I don't drink, so I'm lucky that way. Right. That's good, so good. at least. Yeah, but it's every
15: second weekend we have off. All right, I got it, I got it. But I then know. if you wanted a day off or a week off or anything, you just book it
1: off. I'm mad keen to hear and talk to people whose lives have changed or who changed their life or didn't want their old life back. Uh, you, you've done even something further than that. You've kept your old life but incorporated a new career into it. Yes, yeah.
15: And uh, COVID was bad and all that, but there were some pluses that
1: did come out of it. So um, you're a bit Yeah, of it. it's not, I yeah. was lucky I was one of the lucky ones. Okay and your work now will hopefully save lives of people who will also be lucky ones because of your intervention going forward when you're called out to emergency. So to you James Casey and to everybody at Clonakilty and indeed Cantark and indeed Mill Street and all other fire brigades um our thoughts and our thanks. Well done. You're very good. Thank you, Neil. Look after yourself. Cheers. Lovely story. James Casey is a small little boy and uh, devastating and very, very traumatic. And God Almighty, imagine if there's no smoke alarm no sm- smoke alarm in the house. Anyway, Free Food Friday. Shout-outs courtesy of yourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. Um, the plumbing counter staff at Irish International Trading on the Tremor Road. Everybody at Trevor Toolhire on Victoria Road. Nia working for the front line for Tusla in the children's residential in Glenmire. They worked right through COVID. No rest for the wicked, she says good tussler, lovely people lovely people um, Eva Mara and all of the clients at Weight Wellbeing Clinic in Mallow, to everybody at D Oil Company in Manway who are listening to the gang at John Gray Auto Services in Middleton, Oregon Euro Car Parks and Ducloin are listening, Safety Tech Fire are listening, Ashgrove Recycling Joe's Edge Hair Salon Safety Alliance and Training and Bearings good morning to everybody at Apple including Graham, to Enable Ireland to the TK First Aid and Hygiene Crew at McCroom, to everybody at the McGar in St. Luke's Home in Mahan to ESI Technologies in Duncattle, Kettle, to Hoyer Working Hard in Formoy just another few Leisure World in Churchfield uh, everybody at called Padro Pio but in particular uh, Mr. Shine's 4th Class to the gang at the PSU office in Anglesey Street uh, to uh, oh this is interesting because I'm also seeing some text coming in for an Ed Sheeran song we will have to get that done so we'll do some more shout outs again oh Northside Tires on the Mallow Road and the lads at Rath Peak and Fireplace so more of that and lots more besides after 11
15: I'm Rory
12: and I'm Valerie and you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on the Big Red Bench.
15: That's the Big Red Bench every Saturday and
0: Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM 104 to 106 Red FM good This Friday. is the Neil
1: Friendville Show text who you are and where you are to 0868104106 you can have uh, home made well you can have home delivered pizza from Oak Fire Pizza delivered to your home or your workplace with Oak Fire Pizza Real Wood Fire Pizza T Bandon Princess Street Gillaby Street and Douglas Village so all you got to do is text who you are and where you are to 0868104106 and we'll do the final bunch of shout outs between now and uh, midday today in about 15 minutes time lots of people in touch with regards to their grads we had our grads In juries on the Lee Road. We finished up there and headed to the Coliseum. And then I had to hang around the bus station in Parna Place waiting for the catwalk to open up early in the morning for a few hours and then finished up with breakfast at Larry Tompkins. Happier times back then for sure. Speaking of the Debs, I missed out on the whole excitement of asking some fella to mine as I already had a boyfriend. It was in the country club and he spent the night accusing me <laughs> of looking at other fellas. I said, Like what the hell would you like me to do? There's like a hundred and twenty fellas in the room. So I sat with my head in my hands or in the bathroom. I was just miserable. If I had my time over, I'd have gone alone. Oh my God, I hope you dumped him like radioactive waste. I went to my Debs in 89 with my boyfriend Kieran in the Fab Blarney Park Hotel. He's now my husband, 25 years on, and three grown kids. We danced all night and then ended up at a house party with a select few friends and we walked home. We had a fab night. Uh, And one other one here, I took my now wife Laura to my grads in 99. We're actually married 11 years today with two beautiful kids. Happy days, says Mossy, the postman. And there's lots more like that. Uh, we had to obey as we had all back to go back to school on Monday. So everybody was on best behavior. And Ali says, at my Debs many moons ago, the fella I asked left me on my own and fecked off to a social in a nearby hotel where he shifted someone else. <laughs> he had the most brutal brown suit on, so I'm not too bothered. Uh, says Eilish, well said. It's amazing how the memories come back, isn't it? Anyway, that and lots more besides text 868 Pick up the phone on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Stephen McCarthy, good morning. Hi Neil, good morning, how you're, are you? I'm well, you're one of the many residents down in Shan Owen um, and of course we were down there a couple of weeks ago, Seamus Whelan visited with you. I said I'd come back after a couple of weeks to see if there'd been any changes. Uh, any updates to report?
14: Um... Well, I tell you, it, it, it simply Neil. Really, we've kind of um, had a residence meeting. Um, we met out on the um, one of the greens here in the estate last Wednesday evening in the pouring rain because we were trying to install, uh, or sorry, uh, follow social distancing yeah, rules. Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, we were met by um, three local councillors. We were met by um, uh, Noel McCarthy. Frank O'Flynn and William O'Leary you spoke with William yeah. um, when, when you first aired the issue um, but we were also met by um, a former city councillor Chris O'Leary who took um, time out to come down and see us
1: um, ok ok so no no, we, we no updates no updates sorry. whatsoever from the builders Crest Homes now the reason I ask is I was just doing some uh, googling on this and issues down in Shanoan Estate in Rathcormack there is an article going back to 2014 in the Corkman where they talk about your housing estate being unfinished and um, eyebrows being raised, that the builder was allowed to move from one phase to the other without finishing work. Uh, And actually, one of the councillors that you met there recently, Noel McCarthy, was quoted as saying that residents like you had spent seven or eight years looking at a building site, and that was in 2014. So this is going on since about 2007,
14: Indeed, indeed, Neil. Yes, yeah, unfortunately okay. that is the case. Okay. Um, and can you describe when, exactly when what they, can
1: you describe exactly what it's like living there? I know there are issues like the street lighting, um the, the footpaths, the roads. What's it like? Just recap
14: Um Well, for uh, a number, I I counted forty-six different houses within the estate, Neil. That when they put their blinds up in the morning, are over uh, back uh, in two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, and when they put their blinds up in the morning, it was like looking into um, an abandoned um, construction site.
1: Effectively, when did you when did you move in there?
14: I moved in the May bank holiday weekend, 2008.
1: And it's been like that since 2008?
14: Well, the when the country went uh, wallop with the financial crisis of 2008, 2009, um, basically the site was abandoned until 2012, 2013, when the developer decided to, because of the financial situation and banks buying up other banks and their yeah. d- the deeds to the estate were transferred from one company to another and um, the developer finally was
1: able to um, get back into the back. site. Okay, okay. Exactly, and, exactly. And what's it like living there, raising children there, trying to go about your lives? I mean, you have mortgages on the properties, they're your homes. What's that like?
14: Um, Yeah, they say that... Um. um One of the most special times in somebody's life is when they get the keys to their first um, home, their first family home, they start raising kids, but when your kids can't even go out onto the street and play, they can't ride their bikes, their scooters, um, there's been so many slips and trips and falls and cuts and bruises over the years. Developer has been informed of this, but um uh, since uh, a site resolution plan was drafted and and it 's been rubber stamped here by the council um uh, January 2015, things have continued at a
1: snail's pace. All right, and that so resolution would be really improved in the last six years. So the resolution would be that one section of the estate down there would be completed before they'd move on to build another one. Is that it? Simply put.
14: Well, when when he first came on site. Um, we we were hit by Storm Darwin. I don't know if you can remember back that far and it blew down all the, the the fencing and the boarding and um they basically left the construction site wide open to anyone that wanted to walk through it or drive through it. They they certainly didn't need to be climbing over anything as um as part of our um deposition to Carr County Council back in two thousand and thirteen and fourteen were was that um that the the bond be released so that uh the um, a bulldozer could literally be brought in to make the site safe.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. It didn't happen.
14: No, so no, that didn't happen um, because not- again, they, they felt that once the developer had. Um, gotten his finances organized that he would be able to come back on continue building and finish out the
1: site okay um, i don't want to get overly technical about it obviously because um you know it it, it can be difficult to digest all that information but what we do know is that there's no street lighting do you have to leave your cars on to bring in the children and groceries in the winter time because there's no lights to walk you in home
14: I, 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 yes, I happened to meet one of the newer residents last Wednesday, um, um, and uh, she did tell me that that's, that's literally what they had to do. They had to leave, uh, you know, from say late October until probably the following March, April. To leave their cars on of an evening time, so that they could have lights, so they could see the front door to get the key into it, and then unload their kids and and shopping and and um, okay.
1: Okay. X Y and Z into the house. So it would be fair to say, if there are some people back there from 2007, they have rare teenagers now.
14: Um, yeah, one one there's 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 two girls in particular. <laughs> I'll mention their names: um, Tracy and Katie. They came onto the um, estate. Uh, as single people with their partners have since gotten married, uh, have since had families, and and um, um, I, I I think one of them could barely be starting secondary
1: school now. Good God Almighty! And is it true that some just sold up and left?
14: Um, yes, um, a, a number of people over the years, uh, their their hearts just um, weren't in it any longer. Like I said, having to put your blinds up in the morning and be faced with a with a a construction site, effectively, since yeah, two
1: thousand and seven, yeah. um, and clearly the children can't play or interact out there. I heard that the last time um, they have to well, stay in their back they're, gardens. There,
14: there are different greens Neil within the estate, and uh, it's 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 a, it's it's a case now of even for the 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 newer part of the estate for the kids to get there, they have to walk over gravel road, which um, Seamus travelled down, uh, where we met him uh, that Friday a number of weeks. Go, and um, so he's fully up to speed with what that road is like i mean um, it sounds astonishing
1: you know. that somebody would move into a house and okay you might give it a period of a year or so maybe two before your estate is pristine and you're very proud of it and very excited but since 2007 this is 2021 i mean who's the onus yes. of responsibility here is it crest homes is it the county council who who are you going who well are you, who are you going to try and who are you going after
14: um I, okay there, there there's a number of um, moving factors here in play and um okay the developer is one of them but um like we like i said dug out the site resolution plan that was rubber stamped by Cork County Council and uh, it it stated phase 1 will be to tidy up the the um to the construction site, put new fencing in, have it painted, finish off two houses that were almost complete at the time, Um, uh, and for those two houses, a street light was to be put in, Mm -hmm. and the road up to those two homes were to be finished out. Now, that's what it stated, and it was never completed, because basically um, harris fencing was put up around and i don't know if you understand what harris fencing in, but it's like a, um, a metal grill okay. fencing for want of a better word okay you know and what it is, is it
1: 199 houses as in 199 families um it, it would be um, um
14: i don't have um uh, children myself but myself and my wife live in in our home um and but i would say that uh, 90% of the other homes would, would have um, uh, children. No, family, but it's yes.
1: 199 families with or without children. Okay. Um, yes. I, I've, had abs- yeah, yeah. I've had absolutely no luck in, in any way, shape or form getting anything back from Crest Homes because I can't get a phone number and we email and we WhatsApp and we do all sorts of things, but nothing is coming back to us from them. Um, certainly from Cork County Council, they said to us last time that we spoke uh, something along the lines of that they were that the developer was engaging the services of a firm to carry out road surfacing works, and that the current delay is due to matters outside the developer's control. Is that what he, Crest Homes are telling you?
14: Um, they sent me the exact same email last week, uh, Neil. And, and to be honest, um, there's 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 a huge part to play here too on behalf of Car County Council. I mean, they As, they have. As far as i'm concerned walked away from their obligations of inspection um, uh, and enforcement from day one because phase two of 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 um, the resolution plan was to build six houses, uh, including roads, lighting, and to open up fifty percent of the, the the green area um, that was in this particular uh, part of the redevelopment of the development. Um, okay. And uh, the road never went in. The lighting never went in. The green area never opened up. Uh, and that that happened back in
1: two thousand and sixteen. It's a wonder you stayed, you know, it's a wonder you stayed all those years. Chris O'Leary is saying that you need to force the council legally to take action. Is that the route you're going to go down now?
14: Um Well, it, it, it is we're going to exhaust every avenue open to us with regard to internal complaints procedures within Cork County Council and failing that, I mean all we got was a flim flam response from uh, the planning department of Cork County Council um, and uh, if, if need be um, then we will be um, going further about this um, enough is enough Neil and like enough. I said, is enough years there's been a lot of broken hearts down yeah. here over the years because of 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 what's happened
1: and have you heard because we certainly have have you heard of stories of other housing estates that are unfinished where builders have moved on to different phases and not finished the previous work Um, you don't seem to be alone in this
14: no, we're not. We're not. Um, and, uh, like, there was um, an article drafted in 2018, um, and uh, I think I sent a copy of it to, to, to Seamus, um, from Andrew Hind, who was the senior planner um, uh, for Car County Council before he retired, um, that stated that we hope to have um, the majority of houses taken in charge um uh, Within the next kind of twelve months or so, um, but
1: yes,
14: but yet, you, but yet you the developer housing estates a charge if 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 it hasn't been completed.
2: Not at know? all.
1: Yeah, in two thousand and fourteen, the article in the Corkman said the developer intended to uh, proceed with a fresh application of thirty six houses. Um, clearly, the houses that were built and the roads, the houses might have been finished, but all the ancillary services and roads and footpaths and lights and everything were not. Correct. Oh yeah. So
14: oh is, is it the developer at fault or is it the council is at fault for not enforcing or, or for not, um, well, um, inspecting or for allowing, um, um, right. future phases to be completed before or future phases to even be started before completion of the previous phases?
1: Sounds to me as if it takes two to tango. Okay. Well, we'll endeavor to continue to talk to the council, county council and see if I can get some kind of response from Crest Homes and let you guys stay in touch as well. All right
14: absolutely Neil and listen thanks again for taking the call oh no
1: I said an update with you thanks Stephen stay in touch All right, cheers take care Neil bye bye we will keep a very close eye on that one for sure like everything else we do back after the break been looking forward to this all week Conal Creedon and John Spillane live in studio Spillane after the break with the new single he'll do it live in studio under that old Claire Moon
0: this is the Neil Prenderville show tweet the show at Neil Red FM 104 to 106 Red
5: when I was a singer, I had only one song That I wove from the sunlight and I rambling along I tied it with rushes and I freed it with air And it swept me along to the old county Clare It went meet me tonight by moonlight Under that old clear moon I chanted in Doolin and I sang at Fenor I went rattling and a-clattering on the old flaggy shore Where the cliffs at Kilkee They challenged the sea And I sang like a thrush In the town of Kilrush I sang meet me tonight By moonlight Under that old great starry crown her necklace of diamonds her white wedding gown and she shed salty tears for the sailors who drowned she sang meet me tonight by moonlight under that old
1: John, it's just so great to hear you live again. Thank you, Neil. New album, new single. The album's what, a hundred Snow White horses? Yeah. Oh my God. Came
5: out at Easter and it's been very well received. I had a great old run with it, Neil. Thank you so and much. And
1: this is the second single off it. After we come in the wind. Which
5: yeah. Is... Well, we just keep plugging it away. I mean, what a single in the what a single is these days is kind of debatable thing. It's it's to plug the record, really.
1: And the tour as well. And it's great as well. I've been talking all morning about different gigs that are coming back and events in Cork. And you yourself have a whole string of stuff planned from, what, the Clonakilty Guitar Festival kicks it off, doesn't it?
5: Yeah, well, I'm in Killarney tonight, actually, in the old schoolhouse in Mukras oh, and right. so on. But there's a load of gigs. But it's like um, as if the pipe has become unplugged
1: and everything's flowing out is it great know? to be back slowly and all as it's happening
5: yeah it kind of suits me you know because when the record came out at Easter and there was there were no gigs and a lot of promotion and now is the time to gig the record so I'm delighted
1: but after the last 18 months it was hell for musicians and artists and everything well you know to be honest it wasn't hell for me at
5: all really I mean I, I got an awful f- shock at the start I got the fear <laughs> but when I got over the fear um, I actually got into it you know so and it was
13: hell for literally. like
5: well, Jump <laughs> in, the one and only
1: Colin Creedon, welcome. How was mm. it for
13: you? Well, you know, like that, uh, like I've it was a bit of a, a jolt when the whole thing stopped and we all thought it would be two weeks and next thing, a month in, and suddenly realised this thing isn't going to go away. But the funny thing is, as I sort of resisted it back then, I'm now resisting the reopening again. <laughs> you know, it, it's a weird, there's sort of, uh, uh, oh, I always say, it, like there's a little bit, of me is going to miss a little bit of that. Um,
1: what, was it the peace, the tranquility, the reflections? Yeah,
13: and also, I suppose, just my headspace has changed. I realised that I found Dina Hermit and he's not such a bad person, right? <laughs> there like, was always
1: a bit of that in, though, in you though, wasn't there? I
13: never, that, you know, I, I'm one of these f- fierce conflict really because I'm fierce, gregarious and uh, like, I'm a hermit who loves being a crowd, you know, and it's just weird, like. But uh, the the yeah, I'm drifting away from the crowds. I think now where I just find you know I'm really happier just on my own. You Will know? you ever go back to the old life? You the know, old life. You mean drinking and carousing?
1: No, well hanging uh, out with people in groups and bigger. You events. can't
13: help it. I live in Coburg Street. The streets are always packed. It's great, you know.
1: And if you ever wanted to see evidence of that, you did it 25 years ago when you first. Your first publication would have been Pancho and, Pancho and Lefty, it wouldn't was it?
13: DJ. Yeah.
1: It was a It started it all out. 25 years later, you've updated updated, and then added to it with Pancho and Lefty right again.
13: Well, but the next one's going to be Pancho for a few euro more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I could hear no. Eno Morriconeo scores under yeah, the background yeah, absolutely. there. absolutely. And a lot of publications between now and then. Going back and re-releasing it a second time must have been very nostalgic, was it?
13: It was nostalgic. But see, I didn't have a copy myself. That was the thing. And I asked, actually put out about two years ago, I said, God, I wouldn't mind a copy. So I put it out on my social media. And when I got it in my hand, I I was surprised, first of all, how small it was. Right. It was a really small. It was tiny. It was like 90 pages or something. And then I was surprised that really like the stuff was very autobiographical, you know, and I didn't realize at the time. You know, it's looking. I it said, like, "My God, that's about me." You know, and uh,
1: the stories of Pluto and tragic Ted and the meeting with brother Kevin Keenan and stuff like that. Autobiography.
13: Uh, it, it was more the themes, right? You know, fellas find themselves lost between two cultures, between the pop culture and the rave culture, and that kind of stuff. You know, and in the like the late eighties, early nineties, it was like. Hang on, what's happening here? Like, and that whole kind of refining your way, and you know, different things.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, there are like I, I read it again for the second time. Penny for your thoughts, you know, with the Irish in London and the No Dogs, the No Irish, you know, Mal- yeah, yeah. Mal- 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 Macalpine's workers, the the fellas yeah. who did all of the work on the roads and built all of the houses, um, and then he came back home didn't they and, and stage yeah. yeah yeah,
13: like uh, there comes a time when you do come back and it's hard you have to make a choice you know
1: and then and Bethlehem is another one in, in the book that talks of I suppose they were the Dagenham Yangs weren't yeah. they they'd be coming home with the swagger for Christmas
13: yeah and uh, they, they, they sort of, that sort of um, you know uh, they were the gents for the week and loads of cash to spend and then back to you know back to hell again in London you know it's and a beautiful book as I say like, yeah. you know
1: and the you know dockets and dowels where the da built the coffin in the kitchen, that beautiful short story. Is that, that's not true, is it?
13: Well, you know, I live next door to a funeral parlour and uh, I, I'm always fascinated. At, like day in, day out, I, I actually engage with people who are actually mourning the loss of a loved one, you know, because I come out of my house, I meet people. And so it's something that I think about a lot. But the truth is... Uh, I remember reading about these people who decided to build a viking longboat <laughs> and they built it in this factory in some place right and then they realised they couldn't get it out <laughs> and uh, and they were mad to, so they had to knock down the building to get this thing they built in to get it out again right and i just thought that was um so and feel d- it was the you know the 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 Curricupon, the the shortest uh, funeral was the guy who's uh, the woman whose coffin was passed out the window, right. and then yeah. the longest one is was it Jerome Murphy or? That's Collins? right, all the way
1: back from the and Arctic, so, I think.
13: Yeah, yeah, and those kind of things had me always had me sort of fascinated a bit that, that whole funeral thing, and yeah. So I suppose there's a bit of truth in all fiction, really. You know,
1: it's fabulous. Um, of course, for those that absolutely love the piece, which is following your nose, which we play every single Christmas time. Um, that's in it and was before, wasn't it? That was always in there. That piece, and you you moved on then to use that for the second city city trilogy. It was in
13: it? a short story, I think. I can't, you know, I can't remember. It was either the entomologist or one of the short stories. It opened with that um, uh, that thing about meeting the Christian brother coming towards him, and that that what am I going to do? Um, I think it was the entomologist. That short story is where that comes from, and then later on it was developed into play. You know,
1: but your description of you know, in the opening of the book, you, your description of Cork in the 80s, oh, if accidental
13: order. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, where you say, By 1985, half the town was unemployed, the other half redundant. Verome Dockyard had slung its hook, an abandoned ship. or beautiful English market was burnt down twice. The dockers clocked out and shouted last call at donkey's ears. A whole generation of school leavers and graduates clawed <laughs> over each other to get a seat on the next plane, boat, train or slattery bus. They were striking out to start new lives in the squats, kips and bedsits of Brixton, Berlin, Boston and the Bronx. Um, I mean, it's an incredible reminder. For those that are interested in the reminder, do you think people care about how bad it really was in the well, 80s?
13: you know, I suppose every generation has its own hurdle and every generation has its own beaches brook, and at the moment, you know, there are big problems as well, right? But uh, And I think each generation is scarred by its own particular hurdle and, you know, like I'm sure we all remember that time and you know um, it was difficult like interest rates were 20% you couldn't there was just no money around right and um, only for the rich who had it on deposit I suppose absolutely yeah. de- I suppose yeah but the thing is that it um, and I suppose that was our hurdle and you sort to get over it but I don't know do you actually physically do you physically get over it, but I don't know if you emotionally ever really get over it because um, and I'm sure the current generation you know we, we hear what they're facing right and That'll be their cross in life, I guess. You I know.
1: know. I, I know all generations have it. I just had forgotten about who had remembered the slattery bus. I forgot uh, about it. Do you remember? I was in that a few times. Yeah, over to London and back. Yeah, $10 for work. A
5: turn was it? Uh, no, I was over there. Um, Gigan and daughter stuff was but there, but and it was a family stuff.
1: Yeah, but we so asso- i would forgotten that we would have associated that like the generation would before with the Innes Fallon, with leaving with your bags to never come back just to look for work.
5: You know? Yeah, it went from um, Patrick's Key to um, was it Kensington bus station, something like that. Oh, Victoria, Victoria, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Which
13: yeah, yeah. some journey, though.
1: It was a, it was a rough <laughs> journey. <laughs> where did walk. you manage? Where did you manage to to track down all of the black and white photographs? It's amazing. Like you must have them in boxes at home, do you? Uh,
13: some of them are my own, and then other ones I actually just. Uh, I actually got the rights to use them. You know, went to sort of various like uh, archives and things, and said, "Can I use those photographs?" And you know, the funny thing is, my last book had a few pictures too. They were drawn pictures, and maybe it's because I'm such a so slow reader myself. I like not having. Books just full of words.
1: No, seriously, <laughs> pictures. Yeah, I
13: think big pictures and small words is the way of the future. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But and, uh, and, no, and I, I, it just, I, for me anyway, I do engage with an image, and um, uh, yeah. So I just thought I'd dig up a few and put them in there. You know, if they're if they sort of fit it.
1: You know, I'd love to know what Hacker handley looks like. Come out, or Whacker handley I should say. Uh, Come out now, Hacker, Whacker Hanley when he met Santy Boy on the roof of the house, but a lot of people. He's
13: closer than you f- than you realize. <laughs> it's probably you, is it? <laughs> yeah. But, but you I tell know, you one interesting. Thing, if you mind is in that the kid is reading out all these uh, the, the Santa Claus list believers, non-believers, <laughs> believers, and he comes to one person. But I wrote down all the names of people on on our street, and I came to one family who would have been sort of I suppose particularly Republican, right? And when it came to Santa Claus's list what I said was believer, non-believer, and it was a, a need-to-know basis, as what Santa Claus had written down, right? <laughs> I didn't think a bit about it. About ten years later, RT said, do you have any Christmas stories? So I gave them this, sitting at home, listening to it. Next thing, they were calling all the neighbors' names. And next thing, these people, I said, oh, jeez, I'm in trouble, right? <laughs> but I wasn't. They died. It was a sister and brother, Noreen Griffin, and her and his brother, um, Dennis. But they left me in their will, the... Um, the the face of their shop the sign get away unstud uh kidmiller uh, oh, prison cafe because all right. prison art because he was he was one of the last guys released from the core you know and um, inside was full of all this like prison art that he, he was really into making stuff with c- cigarette tin foil when he was
1: inside is it
13: no after he came out it all was right. basically cork hurling and that kind of stuff these massive framed and they're all signed Dio diogrifa at the end and uh, but at the end of the shop he had this fretwork really gorgeous kid made a foil with like really Celtic dawn stuff Celtic twilight shamrocks and all that and he was dead a while and the next thing uh, another family came over and said you know they remembered you in the will and it was sister and her brother so this I thought it was the essay. house <laughs> that was the sign for the house that was, that was no but was... I tell you what, I love the sign and in fact I traced down a photograph from the Examiner archive with that sign in it it was some Conor Noguiga Uh, award-giving thing and I have it stuck behind it so that if ever I'm knocked down by a bus the next person who finds it will realise that it's a significant sign you know
1: (laughs) Um, Astad Cafe was where people went for their milk and odds but every time you write about Cork I fall more in love with the place Um, and I want to thank you for that and people need to get a copy of Pancho and Lefty Right again but are we going to do a piece I think you were looking at doing the story of the great granduncle in the trenches. Uh, a rat-a-tat-tat, isn't it?
13: Okay. Uh, Does that work for you guys? I, I'd love to. play. Uh, well, not too I'd long. love to hear it. Okay.
5: yeah. I remember when this book came out, Pancho and Lefty Right Out, you know, it was a big event in Cork. Um, I was hanging out, um, <coughs> I was teaching music in Spike Island at the time, and I was hanging out with the Northside Writers, and we used, we used to be up in the on Chandon Street every Friday night, um, reading thing, and, yeah, and, and uh, short stories and drinking, and it was a major event in our
13: life at the time.
1: It was a f- and you know. We've been so lucky that down through the years we've had the two of you on Lee Side entertaining us both with your talents. So,
13: All right, well, this one wasn't published before. I've been reading it from sheets of paper for the last 10 years, so I published it in this one as one of the 11 new tracks editions. i yeah, run with yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. It's called A Ratatatat. <clears throat> Did I ever tell you about your great grand-aunt Julia? My great grand-aunt Julia, granda? Yeah, your great-grand-aunt Julia was no sloucher. She stood shoulder to shoulder with Terence McSweeney and Tomás McCurtain, so she did. And what about your great-uncle Liam? My great-uncle Liam, granda. Well, he fought in the trenches during the Great War. No word of a lie, Masi, boy. Your great-great-grand-uncle Liam, give or take a few greats-like, enlisted in the British Army. To go and fight in the trenches, so he did. On my mother soul, Mossy a corporal, a corporal in the great war, out there in the trenches on the edge of no man's land, fighting. Fighting in the Battle of the Somme. He was the bravest of them all. And did he get a middle, Granda? Did he what? Uh, you got a picture to see, Mossy boy. Trenches, knee-deep in blood, Death and gore, vermin squirming around their feet, grown men crying out in pain, in fear, clutching crucifixes, praying to gods they didn't even believe in. Bodies, bodies and limbs, limbs of comrades scattered left and right of them, thunder of cannon, rattle of gun, and then, then there was none, nothing. Not a sound. Nothing in the wide earthly world. Not a sound till the smoke cleared, and then you'd hear the odd cry of pain from the dying and the wounded in the distance. The lost souls of no man's land. And after a while, you mark my words, Mossy Boy, that stopped too. Silence. Not a sound. Nothing. It was then that your great 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 granduncle Liam, give or take a few greats like, heard it for the first time. A rat-a-tat-tat. A A -a rat-a-tat-tat. First he thought it was a woodpecker in the distance, a tat You'll never guess what it was. Machine gun fire, Granda? No, not machine gun fire, Massey boy. A rat-a-tat-tat. a rat-a-tat-tat. It took your great great granduncle Liam a few minutes to figure it out. A rat-a-tat-tat. And you know what it was, Mossy boy? I'll tell you what it was. It was the sad and lonely sound of the little drummer boy and he lying wounded, dying, out in the middle of no man's land. He was bleeding to death in a shell hole and I'll tell you, Mossy boy, no man's land is no place for a boy. There he was, rattling out his futile tattoo on his little drum, a rat-a-tat-tat, a rat-a-tat-tat, as if to say, Save me, please, I'm dying, God Almighty, will someone save me? And did he die, Granda? You hold your wish now, Massy Boy, and get into it and get to it. No. There were German snipers lined up along the far side of no man's land, and that little drummer boy was like bait. The Germans sitting there like a cat in a mouse hole, just waiting for one heroic Egypt to stick his head above the sandbags and they'd have cleaned it off his buck and shoulders. Pardon my French, Massy Boy. But your great uncle Liam, give or take for your grace, a One second. You said it, Massy Boy. He couldn't take no more of it. A rat-a-tat-tat. A a -a rat-a-tat-tat. So what does he do? I'll tell you what he did. He climbs up out of his trench, all his comrades shouting and roaring and dragging him to stay down, but your great-great-granduncle Liam give or take a few grates, granda, You better believe him, Mossy bye He struggled to break free. He climbs out on top of the trench, and all you could hear was the click-click, 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 granda. Right along the German line, German snipers cocking their firing pins, and your great grand uncle Liam plumbed straight between the crosshairs, and in that split of a second, your great 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 grand uncle Liam saw his life flash in front of his eyes. He knew his destiny was in the hands of the gods. And did they shoot him, Granda? They thought about it. They thought about it, but all your great grand uncle Liam could hear was the rat a rat. So what does he do? Your great granduncle Liam, I'll tell you what he did. He stretched out his arms like Christ on the cross, ready to give up his life that another man, albeit a drummer boy, could live. He sucked in a lungful the taste of death and blood and gore, then slowly, slowly with uncertainty, he started off across the bombed-out barbed wire of no man's land, singing, Come on, boys, and you'll see, lads and lassies full of glee. Famous for all they would make your heart trill. and ah, the boys, they won't harm you. The girls, they will charm you. Here's up em all, says the boys of. Sing up, Massy boy, sing up. Go on, sing on, Massy boy. Oh, the smell of Patrick's bridges, is wicked. And your great-great-granduncle Liam walked out over the blood and the guts and the death of no man's land, out to where the little drummer boy was lying. And didn't he reach down, pick him up, sling him over his shoulder and carry him home to the safety of his comrades? And one by one the Germans raised their heads above the trenches. They knew that your great-great-granduncle Liam, give or take a few greats like, was either the bravest man, they had ever seen are totally off his chuck. But didn't they join in the singing of the boys of Fair Hill in German? And then the British came over their trenches and they started singing too. Oh, the Blackpool girls are very tall, up against the sunbeam. Come on, Massy boys, sing up, boys, sing up, will you? And then didn't some fella front the ball up into the air, right into the middle of no man's land, and they all came out for a kick around. And if the old people from around here weren't anything to believe, your great-great-granduncle Liam played a blinder, but the Germans won fair and square, 2.14 to 3 points. They had a corner forward from the Piercy playing for them that day, so they did. That was the day. Your great-great-granduncle Liam give a take the... Oh, chalk it down, mossy boy. That was the day he saved the drummer boy from a fate worse than death. Did my great grand Liam get a medal, Granda? Did he what? Your great grand Liam got four medals, mossy boy. Four medals. Thought I might be struck dead. He got one from the British for bravery, one from the Red Cross for saving a man's life, and one from the German high command for using his noggin. Because whatever you say about the old Germans, they always respect the man who used his noggin. But I thought you said he got four medals, Granda. Four medals? Oh, right. uh, Right, four medals. Oh, that's right. Your great-great-granduncle Liam, he got man of the match as well.
1: That's beautiful. <laughs> I was editing that as
13: I was reading, guys. Sorry, it was going pages oh and pages. No, and I, mean, I, just thought I'd I, I think uh,
1: anybody listening to that now was right there in the trenches with your great-grand, great-great-great-granduncle,
13: you: <laughs> I, I half as truth. This thing has gone to go on for half today, day, and I was trying to oh, cut it. No, it's fantastic.
1: fantastic. It's well worth the wait. Hang in there for a couple of seconds. because Are you doing Sorry a book gosh. launch, incidentally, for, for Pancho and Lefty Right again? Uh,
13: there's a book launch of Waterstones on the 12th of October, um, 7 o'clock it's a Tuesday night
1: because I'm getting texts about it people want to meet you get the book get it signed and get back to the old days again mind you oh, other people are obsessed with you too as well John so they're wondering where you're playing and everything like for instance please ask John Spillane to say hi to his three number one fans Eileen Burr and Laura they were in the front row his recent gig in Ballinlock Park fantastic oh, great, no, concert yeah. okay let's see if we can get another tune out of you guys and uh, and get the heck out of Dodge ourselves and we'll ride out back after the break
14: the Neil Prendival show on Cork's Red FM our phone lines remain open after midday 1850
5: 104 106 in the English market I was born one cold and frosty day as they wrapped me up in a cabbage leaf I could hear the angels say Oh, you will know sorrow Oh, smock hark boy But you know joy as well Only make your choices wisely Between heaven, between hell Ma oak Won't you come home to me Tis by the English
13: market gates I'll I'm late, I'm late, but I hesitate. At Princess Street Corner, a lone troubadour treats the land I love the best with care. I cut through the mutton lane into the market, a shortcut, scenic route to the Grand Parade. The market is glowing, a bit like the Wizard of Oz when it turns to colour. Vegetables freshly dug from green and leafy country gardens tumbling from stalls. Chickens, rabbits, wood pigeons, pheasants and ducks strung up in clusters. Trays of eggs from every cast of farmyard and waterfowl stacked to the canopy. Art students straddling the fountains, sketching moving still life. The knobbly knees of cafe society poke through the railings of the ceiling-slung farm gate. The air is thick with sound and scent. The most beautiful aroma of exotic herbs and spices from Mr. Bell's Spice Emporium. Hot breads from the Yukon Bakery. Pesto, Torito, bitter balsamic vinegar, sweet olive oil, freshly sizzling crepes. Fish, and all creatures of the Atlantic Ocean. And meat, more meat than you could shake a stick at. And all this blending beautifully with the sing-song sound of people talking. I'm late. I'm late, but I hesitate. Ah well, may as well be hung for a sheep as for a lamb. Then my
5: mother gently dipped me in the fountain of pure love. With her tender heart, she missed one part where she held me from above. Morning oak, won't you come home to me? Tis by the English market gate.
1: Oh, my God, guys, thank you so much for coming in this morning. It's been an absolute pleasure. John Spillane from his new album, Under... Oh, the album's called "A 100 Snow White Horses, with the single Under That Old Claire Moon and the great Colonel Creedon riding from Panshee and Lefty Ride Again. Where can they buy it? I guess Waterstones and uh, other bookshops like that. Am I right, Colonel?
13: Well, Waterstones have been very good for me and they always do stock my stuff. So they're the people I go to myself if I'm buying books because they they, they stock my stuff.
1: Thank you so much for coming in. Cheers, guys. It's great to see you both. Take care of yourselves. Uh, I wish that I had more time. But I do want to mention, talking about wonderful things happening on Lisa, and that was wonderful. We also have uh, Culture Night that kicks off at 4 o'clock this afternoon, and you have a lot to choose from. And just to give us a little bit of a taste, a scene set, uh, Michelle Carew is the Arts Officer with Cork City Council. Michelle, good morning.
12: Good morning, Neil. And wasn't that just beautiful there from John Spillane? We, really we, enjoyed we to
1: wanted to start your culture night a little bit early for you, Michelle. <laughs> there and I you hope go, we've done that. Okay. So what Do have you have. planned? What What can people expect?
12: Oh, lots. It's really hard to know where to start. As you said there, it all kicks off tonight at 4pm and it's finally culture night. Um, one of the best nights in the cultural calendar in the city, I'm sure you will agree. Yep. Um, there's over 100 events tonight and they are mixed, they're online and also I'm really pleased to say they're in person, they're in venues and they're outdoors so depending on how you want to participate and engage tonight there's lots of ways that you can
1: Fitzgerald's Park's a winner isn't it? 4 o'clock with a lot of stuff happening
12: Absolutely, yeah, there's a huge amount so, um, you know Culture Night is all about opening the city late into the evening to the, to the public and all of our cultural venues and organisations across the city have really pulled it out of the bag tonight and they've got fantastic free programmes of events running late into the evening this evening. So all of our brilliant venues from, you know, the Glucksmann to uh, St. Peter's on North Main Street where there's a fantastic multicultural um, evening celebrating all of the cultures that live here at the city.
1: Nano Nagel Place, Elizabeth Forge, Crawford Crawford Gallery. they
12: are unveiling their Rembrandt in print exhibition tonight, which is really exciting. They're the only uh, venue for that exhibition in Ireland so, um, and that'll be open for the next while. But that that's launching tonight there, um, and then of course you have your outdoors uh, event and down in Fitzgerald Park between four and eight, um, a very family friendly program of events of uh, per- circus performance, um, graffiti demonstration, storytelling, etc. All dotted around Gerald's Park this evening. There's a number of visual art trails that you can take. For example, the National Sculpture Factory and the Glucksmann have collaborated on grass and there'll be five temporary public artworks dotted through the city, so Super. you'll spot them in St. Gerald's Park, in the English market. You just heard John Spland there saying about the English market, yeah. you'll spot something there. Along long Quay. for key, and of course while you're in Wandsford for key, why not pop into our friends in the Quark Printmakers and the Lavish Gallery in the Backwater Studios, etc. So really, I mean in some ways, Culture Night's about following your nose and having a walk around and seeing what you find, but you know it is important to have a look at the website in advance. Of course, yeah. we're still working to limited capacity. A lot of events in venues are booked in advance, not all, but many. So do have a check to make sure you won't be disappointed, and figure out what your route is going to be tonight. Okay, and and of it. course, if anybody still isn't comfortable coming out and being around people, or they're 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 in isolation, or they're they're cocooning for any reason, there's a lot online as well. So you just go to the website culturenightcork.ie and you can also participate from the comfort of well your
1: own said, home tonight. Well said. Have a great day and a great night. Thanks Michelle. Thank Appreciate it as always. culturenightcork.ie. 36 venues 20 outdoor events and 25 online as she said. So everybody's catered for. One final thing actually. The Red Patrollers are back and they're going to be busy and hopefully nothing's going to stop them going from strength to strength after being paused for quite a long time. Colm O'Sullivan Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? You're back with the Vengeance. Where are you starting the patrollers? Uh, we've got the gang out today. Yeah, uh, It's a busy day it's a busy weekend, Neil, and it's great
16: to have everything back now after COVID. Um, and today we're down at Maxall and Ski Hard Road, first of all, okay? So this is the first of a few things today. So Ski Hard Road from 12pm kicking off in a few minutes until 2pm. It's an open day here in Maxall. We've got the Red FM Road Show, lots of music, lots of tunes, and loads of prizes. I've got fuel vouchers, we've got car wash vouchers, all that kind of thing. We're playing a spin the wheel game. So if anybody's out around Ski Hard Road between now and two o'clock, pop in the Red Patrollers. We'll try and get you some prizes. So we're here at the Sioux. Then later on, as you just heard, it's Culture Night, Neil. And we're going to be all over the city at various locations with Red FM this evening. Myself, I'll be down in Fitzgerald's Park with some of the team. And uh, you've heard some of what's going on down there. There's great things. The Cork Puppetry Company are down there. There's trails. There's exhibitions. Loads going on. So uh, keep an eye on us down there. If you're down there, come down and join us. Come say hello. We'll be live on Facebook from there later. You can check out uh, some of the Super. videos and so on and check out our Instagram. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think people are going to be delighted to be back out for Culture Night because it was all virtual last year, Neil. it'll yeah. be nice to be out
1: and about again this yeah. year. Great to have you back, pal. Have a great weekend. Fair play. It's great to be making those steps backwards to the way things were, in many different ways. Uh, Lies are open at 1850, 104 106 Free Food Fighter winners for this week. Crowley Engineering, Upper Glanmire Bridge. Love some grub to set up the weekend, so congratulations to you guys. Crowley Engineering, winners of Oak Fire Pizza for this week. Have a good weekend. See you Monday.
12: Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.